fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. He punched it over the net, and now point on the interception. Tried to clear, bet on the steal. Jamie Ben scores. Put it in deep. You know, get pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep. He's chipping pucks. He's getting pucks deep. Just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out. Getting pucks deep. Get pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Puck deep. Pucks deep. Keep getting pucks deep. All right, welcome back to the Pucks in Deep podcast, episode 54, let's go, I'm rattled. You seem, you seem rattled. I'm very rattled. This part, this threw me a desperation text there a little (laughs) while ago, talking about canceling this episode, I felt like. I kept saying to the guys at Staples, listen boys, like, you didn't know who you were? Yeah. Oh, no, no. Like, they knew. Oh, <laughs> I see what you mean. I'm like, come on, boys. If you can get this done, I'll give you a free Pucks and Deep mug. Oh, fuck. How about that? Well, that must have sealed the deal for you. <laughs> Actually, we did end up getting to talking about the podcast and whatnot, but I-, I was less concerned with fucking chit-chat and more concerned with getting this sorted out. So, basically, long story short, I got a new laptop. Awesome. It? It's very shiny. It's pretty shiny. It's a sexy little unit. Um, pretty excited. And, you know, I, I brought it in and I thought I... No, like, and this is no slight against the boys at Staples. I mean, they'll probably be, be tuning in. We were talk, I was talking to them about the pod quite a bit. And, uh, you know, speaking of which, Pucks and D Podcast, episode 54. Welcome back. All that bullshit. Yada, yada, yada. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko here. Um, I brought it in with ample time. You know, and he even said, "Oh yeah," he said, "I'll definitely have it." No fucking. Was just porting like your data and stuff. Yeah, over. yeah. That's so all did, it was supposed I, to be. I did the whole thing. You know, I actually, you know, I bought a computer and I bought the hard drive. And, well, actually, sorry, I didn't buy the hard drive until after. But uh, basically, what I found out was that I had like seven hundred and some gigabytes of shit on my other laptop. That's not a quick transfer. And, no, no, but it would have been fine had my new laptop not only been two hundred and fifty gigs of storage. Ah. So I, on my new laptop, I sacrificed. I sacrificed uh, internal storage for, you know, efficiency and speeds of the laptop. So mm-hmm. no more fucking around with slow loading or whatever the case may be. You know, sometimes I've had a situation in the past, let's go, where my old laptop just kind of crapped out for like 18 seconds. We've had some scares. Yeah. And I had to like, you know, just kind of clip it or something. No one knows, you know, you never know that there was a problem. It doesn't sound bad or anything, but you know, that'll all be gone with this new one. Well, I get the call. Hey, Josh, ran into a problem. There's not enough room on your laptop. So you got to either, if you have a, a big hard drive, you can bring it in or you can come in and buy one and whatever. So, of course, I fucking go in, open my wallet, buy an external, give it to the guy. I'm like, here you go. I still need it tomorrow by five o'clock at the absolute latest. He's oh, this like, is yesterday. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. oh, God. It was like Tuesday when I bought oh, it. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, yeah, no problem, man. Listen, sorry about the mix up. I was like, no, no, that happens. I said, you know what? Furthermore, I only really need the podcast folder to be moved over everything else can fuck off i just need the podcast folder because that's where all our shit is he goes yeah sure no problem so i call him at four o'clock today and i'm like hey man like <laughs> only an hour left you know i'm like where's my computer he's like uh so here's the deal and i'm like fuck sakes that Uh-oh. doesn't sound like yeah. a, here's the deal that i want to hear 
He goes, uh, here's the deal. So basically the podcast folder is like 200 and some gigs on its own. Yeah. It's so, so, and he goes, and, uh, you know, we ran into a snag cause your old computer sucks. Uh, and he's like, so we ran into a snag and it kind of stopped halfway through. And he's like, so basically at this point in time, it's not going to be ready by the time you need it. So what I would suggest you do is come on in and grab your old, old laptop, run the new episode, you know, from your old laptop. I was like, yeah, no problem. That's obviously the great, greatest solution, right? I'll be there in fucking 10 minutes. I go down, I pick it up. I've got it in my arm. And I'm like, you know, shooting the shit, blah, see you guys later. I wanted to get here and maybe have a bite to eat and do the fucking intro. I meant to grab some some rye as well at the liquor mm. store. No rye, no, no joints. That. This podcast is a total dry episode here. So it's wow. going to be all serious takes from the boys. I guess. But basically, before I leave, I go, you know, hey, man, uh, if you don't mind, I'm just going to pop the sucker open and just, just, just make sure, you know? Yeah. Thank God. I pop it open, fire it up. Sure enough, doesn't work. Audacity can't open the the fucking folder, and basically it's okay. It's relating to our intro. Let's go. I'm sorry, but if we don't have that intro, we ain't recording a goddamn pod. I need that intro. I need to figure out an intro. It's 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 our thing. It's my thing. I got to do it every week. And if we weren't gonna have that, we were just gonna have to come in and be like, "Oh, welcome to the Pucks and Deep <laughs> Podcast. This is our first fucking show ever." We've at least had intros <laughs> going back to day one. Exactly right. So. so there was no way I was gonna let that happen. Yeah. And the guy says to me, "Listen, bro, I don't know why it's doing this." He says, "I I don't know why it, it should be doing it. We didn't change your computer, but apparently they did." So this other guy, shout out to Travis, what a beaut. Uh, pulls up the two computers. He's got the wire going back and forth. He's fucking doing a lot of this, <laughs> like you know. And and he he ends up figuring it out for me, and uh, you know played the intro because of course it's an Audacity file. It's like an editing program, as you know, Lesko. It, it's it's file or it's track upon track upon track. Yeah, right? you got all these layered tracks, so they're pretty yeah, big, right? Because he's like, you know, worst case scenario, you have it exported as an audio file, and I was like, yeah, but dude, that's like fucking. Like probably a dozen man hours just trying to create it. Yeah, it's done now. But imagine if I had to start that over. I don't know what I'd do. I think we'd be, I'd be, I don't know. I don't know how to think about it. Yeah, (laughs) we'd be on hiatus, no doubt. But anyway, we're back, dude. And yeah, I uh, I haven't even fucking looked at the prep. I've had a week of hell. Uh, Fiance started the new job. Excellent. So that is excellent. She's up in Petawawa. So she's up at the crack of dawn. And, uh, you know, that's fine. Waking me up. I kind of feel, do you agree with this at all? Do you, do you hate waking up just a little bit before you actually have to wake up or do, or does that like help you if you know what I'm getting at? Like if you're supposed to get up, it helps in, in getting up. If you it's have like to. 10 or 15 minutes before. Okay. What about, what but about, I can never seem to bring myself to, to get up at, and just go, why don't I just get up one time, I'll have an extra 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Like one time get up and then you're like, man, this is great. Yeah, that doesn't happen to me either. And I've been trying to like slowly increase how early I get up. Yeah, which is smart, especially for you. You got a long drive too, right? Yeah, so you, you got to start your day pretty early. I'm lucky. Like I can I can sleep right until eight forty, and then be like, oh, I can still be forty. I can still be there by nine o'clock, you know, because I just got to drive around the corner. But Kirsty gets up now at like five thirty to get up and like have breakfast and make a coffee and get her day going, so that by the time she's on the road to work, she's not like. Uh, you know what I mean? Like worse. So when she gets up, I naturally am awake now, but I don't have to get up for another three fucking hours. And for some reason, I kind of don't mind that because I'm already up. My body has already rebooted. And then, you know, in three hours from now, when my actual alarm goes off, I just wake up and I feel like a million bucks. I feel like I should be exhausted because my sleep was interrupted. But I guess maybe that's not the case. I don't know. 
I don't know if you're getting up a few times in the night. Just the once though, when she gets up to go to right, work, just five the one thirty. Time? There I am. I'm awake That's at five thirty, and then I wake up again. And if you're up and you eight. go right back to sleep or whatever, what like you're fine. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to impact you unless you, you know you end up lying up for an hour or something in the middle of the night. That might screw with you a little bit. Quick little morning glory, maybe. I don't know. You never know. <laughs> you never know, except you do know, and it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Let's be realistic yeah, here. Yeah. What so, are we, 18 years old? <laughs> <laughs> good, good call. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much it, bro. Like, I'm excited for you to take lead and bring us around the NHL. We got Cody Jacobs coming on later. Yes, sir. Uh, he called me, or I called him earlier, and he texted me. He's like, hey, man, we still on board for tonight? And I was literally just got in. I was setting up the new computer, and I, I still wasn't confident that even after I set it up that this thing this recorder was, you know, going to jive. I don't know why I'd, I'd have any reason to feel that way, but that's the way I felt. Plug and play, right? Yeah, and that, it, thankfully it was. But uh, he texted me and asked me if we were still good to go. I ended up calling him. He's like, hey, man, what are you calling me for? And I'm like, I just have to tell you. you <laughs> oh, you, you got them all worked up? Well, not really. I just said, bro, I didn't want to waste time texting you because I just got home from a panic attack from fucking hell at, at, <laughs> at Staples, you know? So I kind of told him the story and he's like, but we're good to go. Right. I'm like, we're good to go, buddy. So we are good to go. And we'll have Cody Jacobs on probably coming up in the next 40, uh, 45 minutes or so, depending on how long it takes us to get to all the big stories. And of course, let's go. It's been 10 minutes now since we introed the podcast. Let's, uh, maybe bring it down to a little bit more serious note. Kobe, what do you, what do you got? Sunday, Sunday afternoon. Couldn't believe it. One of those News stories you had to do a double take on, triple take, find some verified sources because, yeah. of course, it like kind of, kind of littered out online, and you know the fucked up thing being that TMZ released the names and the victims and everything before the authorities had the opportunity to inform the families, which I thought was disgusting. Well, that's TMZ though. That is, and right there's clearly a market for it because people click on their shit and share their shit, right? Well, I mean they're they're notoriously known as first to report right regardless of next of kin or anything right so yeah that's a story in itself yeah exactly but well. anyway uh kobe bryant i think why this is so crazy is i can't think of something comparable in terms of like an athlete this huge dying this young i guess um maybe dale dale earnhardt Possibly, yeah, and and the only other like tragedy I could think of, I tried to think about hockey, was the locomotive uh, plane crash yes. in, in Russia, which is yeah. really fucked up. But yeah. uh, and Humboldt, obviously, yeah, yeah, that's another big one. Um, Kobe Bryant, though, just being one of those athletes that transcended sport, you know, you, you legendary. Talk, you, you status. hear people who like soccer players, football players, tennis players, swimmers, hockey players, admired him for his work ethic and the and the type of athlete he was. He was one of those guys who truly strived to be the best. And even in a basketball context, how many guys can say they dominated a sport from the day they stepped in to the day they left the league? I yeah, mean, that's one of the most impressive 20 things years right there. Yeah. Of being a, and, he, and, and the other part of it being that he stayed with the same team the whole time while doing it. That, that's unheard of now in the NBA where guys are just hopping around from super team to super team. That's right. I mean, even when, you know, you could say they were like an OG super team when they brought in Shaq back in the early 2000s, which when I really became a fan of his, watching them and the rap sucked back then, kind of just yeah. post Vince Carter and all yeah. that. Um, it, it was just incredible to watch him take over a game. And even when they weren't good and they, they weren't stacked, I mean, he he still made that team competitive. That's right. He could go off on, on, on any night. 
and he would go off on any night. Well, <laughs> like it wasn't it wasn't just a, a here and there where he was capable of blowing it up. Like he would just consistently pour bucket after bucket after bucket, and the way he shot the ball, his smooth delivery, like you know, everyone was striving to be like Kobe. And and, and it, like you said, it transcended sports and it goes beyond just the, the hard court, you know? Right. It goes well beyond the hard court. This guy's an international athlete. Yeah, superstar. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Legendary, legend, legendary status. Like he's... Yeah. He's with, he's with the Tigers and the Federers and Nadal's. You know what I mean? Like he's up there with the, the top, absolute top peak of their games. Yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. It's really sad, of course, losing his daughter... Uh, whom he was on his way to her basketball game, apparently. Uh, that's just gut-wrenching stuff. I know that recently, I, I believe his wife made a statement on Instagram. I didn't have a chance to check it out yet. Uh, I, I, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to read it, to be honest. Like, And I couldn't imagine like how a diehard Lakers fan, or even someone from L.A., because he was L.A. Like He's the oh, god yeah. of that city, one of the biggest cities in America. And the Lakers are... It in LA. Absolutely. There's the Lakers and then everybody else way down the ladder. And, you know, the Lakers might also be one of the most popular sports franchises, arguably, yeah, in North America. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I, I heard, I was listening to a call in show um, on Monday after work on my drive home, and people were calling in a lot of people from LA just saying how, how it was like the mood around LA was, was somber and just, just people, it impacted a lot of people because even if you were a big time basketball fan or not, you knew who he was and what he meant to the city and how much he loved that city. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's almost like a, it just kind of, I don't know, puts it in perspective for you, right? Like I heard someone saying that, and this is an interesting point. I hope I don't piss anyone off by saying this, but I'm going to say it anyways. But, um, you know, I was chatting with a couple of guys and the one guy was saying, you know, life is so short. You got to, you got to get out there. You got to live. You got to forgive. You got to love all this stuff. And while I agree with all that, I, I appreciated what my other buddy said. And, and he said, yeah, he said, you're right. Life is short and we could be gone tomorrow, but you know, I'm not flying around in helicopters or taking private jets or anything. Like I live a pretty, you know, normal life. And while I could be struck by a vehicle or get in a car accident or, or any other thing, fall down the stairs, like, you know, any accident can occur he is living a high profile life and they were flying in helicopters. And while they are, been of doing course, that forever they're safe. Too. of course they're safe, let's go. But I mean, here's the problem. I mean, if you roll your vehicle 17 times in the ditch, you can walk out of that sucker with a scratch on your elbow. Right. When your helicopter goes flying into the fucking mountains, I don't think you stand much of a chance. That's the most terrifying for me mentally when I'm Would flying. Would have to be. Was, is that if something does go wrong, like I always almost get a kick out of when you sit down on a flight and you're about to take off and they're like, here's your life vest. Here's what you do. You know, the oxygen mask and all that shit. I'm like, if it's going down, it's going down. We're all fucked. We're fucked. Yeah, we're fucked. Like I'm not... I'm not, it's almost like, well, I guess I'll pay attention to this, but honestly, if this thing's going down, we're, we're all dead. If this thing's going down. I'm helping myself first. <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Like help, help people or well, it was even says actually, it does tell you to help yourself. It does. That's why, someone I, else. That, that's why I said that. Yeah. It, it tells you screw to the help. women and yeah. children, get your own oxygen <laughs> like mask. The ti- like the Titanic women and children only. Yeah, yeah. And then that one, that one douchebag is just like sitting at the end of the boat, like knowing that he's not supposed to be there. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. He's got some, uh, 
some long hair. Yeah, I can't. He's just sitting there, and, and, and the guy notices him, and then he kind of lets him go, and whatever. But yeah. anyways, yeah, you know what, man? Um, obviously, obviously, um, when this kind of thing happens, it's 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 extremely sad. And let's not, like you said too. I'm glad you brought up the others in the, in the plane in the helicopter. Let's not just let's not just remember Kobe. You know, let's remember everybody that was on there. Now, unfortunately, <clears throat> as much as I I was a you know I am a sports fan and I know who Kobe was, I'm not gonna be one of those guys that right now in this moment pretends to be a big fan, pretends right. to be a huge fan. I'll gladly jump on the Raptors bandwagon because it's it's here. It's it's exciting. This is the death. This is not exciting. This right. is no reason for me or any other person out there to pretend to be a big basketball fan and start going out and buying Kobe shirts and remember Kobe and changing my status and all this stuff. Like, you know, respect to a legend. He's gone way too soon. It is extremely sad but I'm definitely not going to take the opportunity. Like I think some have less go online on social media and kind of go overboard with this thing. Like you don't even know where he played on the court. You know (laughs) what I mean? And you're like, but I guess it brings us back to what you said. It transcends sports. So you can, you can be affected by this loss without having to have been, uh, you know, a big fan or anything. It's a tragic story. And like I said, it puts everything into perspective a little bit for you, you know, live your life. And, and like you said, cherish it appreciate yeah, it yeah absolutely right? like it's, but you should be living know. like that anyway you should go. absolutely you don't need a Kobe Bryant death I know and unfortunately it, it takes tragedy sometimes for people to realize That's these true. kinds of things and to end beefs and to and to truly you know have that self-awareness in their lives and and I think inevitably it comes with age for most of us that's a good as, point as you it definitely as you does. get older you start thinking more about health and life and death and it's sometimes it's event like events like this that really puts things in perspective. And here you have this larger than life character and, and someone you, you know, you don't think twice about a, a, you know, 40, 40 year old, 41 year old athlete, ex pro athlete, who's in incredible shape and probably quite healthy. Yeah. You, you don't think, you don't think twice about, about him not being there tomorrow. That's right. right? That's so right. It's, it, well, it would take a freak it can accident, just show you that right? and anything can happen. And, and obviously, you know, in that certain situation, it's completely tragic and sucks for, for, you know, everybody and fans and the game. And it's, it's just a huge loss all around. Yeah. It was a tough day. Um, you know, starting to put the pieces together and obviously best wishes to everyone and their families. Um, you know what was interesting though that I didn't realize, Lesko. I didn't know that uh, the Lakers did not draft Kobe. I didn't know that he was drafted by the Charlotte Hornets and then uh, and then traded. So the reason why I found that out uh, is because, and I wanted to ask you about this. I saw the petition uh, that's circulating out there. When I saw it, it had almost three hundred thousand signatures. And now I haven't checked recently, but as of as of uh, Tuesday night hockey, after when we were drinking beers at BP. Um, apparently there was a million over a million. So this petition is growing and it's the petition to change the silhouette in the NBA logo. Oh my God. To Kobe. Wow. Um, which I can hear both sides of the coin. I can hear, okay, that's a little overreacting. There's no reason to do that. Blah, blah, blah. But I also can hear, yeah, change it. Why not? It's, it's, uh, it's been that way for a long time. It's actually a former NBA star and GM, 
that drafted Kobe, Jerry West. Wow. So I did not know that. Yeah, I, I didn't know, know that was an actual guy. Yeah, so it's it's a silhouette that... So I guess it's not so absurd then. No, it's not so absurd. Okay, because at it, first it sounded absurd, but then when you told me it was an actual guy on yeah, there... Yeah, like, listen, the MLB... So that's that's kind of sick. The MLB one, I don't think it's a guy. It's just like a... It might be, but I don't think it is. If they did that, do you think Michael Jordan would get pissed off? Well, for the Air Jordan one? Well, it, like, wouldn't simple? it be like, I'm the fucking guy. I'm the legend. Like, yeah, but he's not dead. I know. That's what I'd tell him. Like, Michael, you're still here. Plus, Michael Jordan's a huge dick, so yeah, you're right I could that. see him getting, like, mad about so, that. <laughs> what's really cool is uh, Farrell, my bud there. Well, yeah, Farrell, he, he's he uh, he's the one that was. we were talking about. And as soon as he brought it up, I said, yeah, man, they should use, obviously, they should use, like, him, like, fading away, you know? taking his his classic fade away three and he was like that's the one that has the most uh signs or votes or whatever yeah yeah because people were using their creative uh graphic design skills right. to to create Pitch it. the silhouette some of them yeah. looked really cool. cool like the the shooting one looked really really cool so and i mean the jerry west one has existed since the early 70s i believe is what i read and i just kind of like how it comes full circle that jerry west uh, the silhouette of the current symbol drafted Kobe, and uh, it's like yeah. even though they they would be taking Jerry West off it, he's still like a part of it in a in a way. Exactly, yeah. It, there's, there's a lineage of sorts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. So, I mean, what, right. do, what do you think about that? Are you on board with like changing? I it think or? that'd be cool. Man. I think it would be cool. I think that'd be cool. I talked to a couple of people that were like totally like that's the worst idea ever. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, you know, sometimes when, when someone totally shuts down something that you like or agree with, and you kind of don't know how to respond because you're like, Oh, I like, I thought it. this was cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was telling you, cause I thought you would think it's cool. But you clearly don't. But so no, I, you I, think I'm the loser. Now. I don't know how to talk now. Oh, how man. do I say words? But yeah, so that kind of happened. And I remember I was, I was sheepishly like, uh, I, I, I kind of like it. Like, but again, not because I'm a big, like Kobe guy or whatever. Like, you know, I just, every time I throw something into the garbage can, do you know what I say? Kobe. Exactly. Like and that's exactly. not that's not gonna stop. People have been doing that for twenty years. Oh my god, I've been doing that probably <laughs> since I was fifteen. Yeah, man, over twenty years probably. Kobe. Well, yeah, twenty years. I guess you know since he was around. Yeah, twenty years in the league. So yeah, a little over twenty years. I guess since, uh, yeah, since he was drafted. So, um, I got one more quick note I wanted to bring up uh, from elsewhere in the sports world. Uh, shout out to Canadian soccer superstar Christine Sinclair. Yes, the queen of the north. She scored her 185th international goal to break the world record. That's more than any player ever. Not just women's, man or woman's soccer, okay? So that, sorry, for me, that kind of shows exactly how good she is relative to, you know, her her peers. Like, she's clearly on another level. Absolutely. Absolutely. And she has been in her entire career. Um, one thing that I didn't realize uh, that she's been playing since 2000. I saw her play in like 2002. I want to say okay. at a, a friendly match in in Ottawa, and she was a star then. So like almost like a little like a little Haley Wickenheiser kind of yeah, timeline. Ba- she, yeah, she's kind of the Wickenheiser of soccer, yeah. except more dominant. I, I don't know. Yeah, I guess that was a really good comparable. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So oh, she recently you. broke broke the record two goal game uh, in one of their qualifiers, Concacaf matches. Uh, where they hammered St. Kitts. And, what does uh, CONCACAF stand for? Oh, I don't fucking know. Come on, you soccer guy. I don't watch soccer enough to like to know that. <laughs> the CONCACAF has al- always pissed me off because of the length of the That's fucking... That's way too long for an acronym. It's way too long. Yeah, I Conca-caf? have no idea. Yeah. It's too bad you didn't know I would have liked you. For... Remember, when we, remember when we tried to trip up Jacobs? 
when we were like, how do you say SDA's name? And he like hammered oh, it yeah. out. Oh, yeah. He was right for that. Semyon Der Argachinsev <laughs> or whatever the fuck it was. He just nailed it. Yeah. But anyway, Christine Sinclair, uh, clearly one of the greatest Canadian athletes of all time, I'd say. Uh, easily one of the best soccer, Canadian soccer players to ever play the game and, and one of the the best soccer players the world's ever seen, I Absolutely. would say. So, you know, it's it's kind of cool. She gets this really special moment. She's not done yet. She's still playing. She's been playing over 20 years now at this point. And, uh, you know, the Canadian women have been, uh, you know, almost uh, perennial contenders on the international scene since she's been around. So... Um, and she's fiery too. Oh, know, like, real fiery, real man. fiery oh, yeah. competitor, man. Absolutely, like a thrill to watch out there, and Absolutely. and and not like not like big or anything either. Nope. Like she's pretty dainty looking. Like she's small, Easy but now. she's she's feisty though. She she like she, she and one thing you know, especially considering the position she plays, body pr- protection is so important. Like the way that you shield the ball, and she's like one of the best at it. So, shout out Christine Sinclair on to hockey. Well, I mean, hopefully, uh, you know, her longevity, right? Playing smart, not hard is definitely going to assist you massively in soccer, right? Because you can, I mean, you're you're a player. I'm not really a player. So this is where I'm kind of asking you in that sense. But like, you you can overexert yourself and be good. Easily. But you, but you can also be really smart and maybe save some in the tank yeah. for when you really need it, right? Because Absolutely. of what you said, body positioning and especially angling as well, right? And you just have to be, I mean, elite condition because when you're at that level and you're, uh, you know, you're that important to your team, you're expected to play 90 minutes. So elite condition. So I'm, 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 I'm cut then. Yeah. And I'm on my way out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very nice. Okay. Uh, before we move on to hockey, uh, I didn't want to get let it get lost in the shuffle, but back to The Bachelor for a moment here. Yeah, where are you at now? So, uh, as I mentioned, I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you on the last episode, but I, Kirstie and I did all of season 23. Like like the last season of The Bachelor. Not The right. Bachelorette, The Bachelor. Right. So we wanted to be able to go first to last episode and watch the whole thing, right? So we did. And um, the best thing at this point that I have to say about us watching the whole thing is that both of us correctly guessed the winner the first time she hit the screen. Really? The first time Cassie's face based hit the on screen. Based on her interaction no, or based like on or nothing. his or his like reaction. Dude, or just or he just went like this this girl's quality. Remember remember I if if you remember harken back to last week, yeah. I was telling you that as they came on the screen we were going, Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. So Cassie was our that one. And I remember I said to Kirstie, you know, as the show was going on and Cassie was moving on and there was a couple times where she almost got eliminated, but she moved on. And well, they're K- going to play it up and, too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And Kirstie and I were like, yeah, our girl's going on. I remember I kept saying to her, I wish I would have said on the podcast that Cassie was our pick because we had already watched the first episode and that was right. it. So I wish I would have went on record and said that Cassie was the pick because then that would be evidence that I was correct. But very cool. <laughs> For a that, show that happened two years ago. <laughs> yeah, sure. But oh yeah, but we didn't know. Like, you know, full disclosure, we had no idea. Right. Like zero fans of The Bachelor not caring whatsoever. But now we're kind of on board. We're, we're, I'm not going to say we're hooked, but we enjoyed it. Uh, we enjoyed, uh, you know, chirping and being super judgmental. Like I told you, it turns us into terrible people. Because, oh, for sure. Because I said to her, I'm the bachelor. So you can't get mad at me for talking about <laughs> this girl's rack. You know, right. I'm the bachelor. So we had a good time uh, watching it, enjoying it together. And we'll definitely start 
the new season, which will be, I think is already four. It's on right now. So are you skipping right to this year's Bachelor or are you going to watch The Bachelorette from last season? Not interested in watching Okay. Got it. Not into, like I, I get enough. The girl, the girls one is more entertaining because there's way more drama. What do you mean, like just because they're catty and then they get into it all the time? Oh, you mean the one I'm watching, The Bachelor? Yes. Where there's that. That's why that one's better yeah, because course. there's way more drama and of crap, course. and yeah. they're you know like and that's what they feed off. Yeah, too. I agree. Now I've been so I'm like, I'm not fully like minute by minute into this season. I'm just catching bits here and there when the wife's watching, but. There's a lot of drama in this current season. And Don't spoil anything. Here. I'm not spoiling anything. I'm being cryptic in what I'm saying. But <laughs> but uh, holy crap, man. Does the show ever like screw them over? Like the show purposefully puts them in like like compromising and awkward situations all the time yeah. on purpose. Yeah. Like they are. I mean, if I'm somebody on the show who gets screwed over by the show shenanigans, like they like bring someone on or they you know, they spring a surprise on them when you're having like your one-on-one time with the dude or something. Right, right. Man, some people get screwed over by that kind of shit. Like, and especially in the early days of that show. I mean, there's so many people like he's got to look, apparently um, what you don't see off camera during the rose ceremonies is they're looking at pictures of the people being like, and looking at their names and going, ah, like making the decision then going out and giving a few roses and then going back in the back and then looking at pictures again, trying to figure it out. Oh my God, really? Because how are you going to remember 30 broads or whatever it is? You're not going to remember them all. So it's it's pretty interesting. And uh, so you really got to get your impression, like your FaceTime in early. Yeah, it's true. And and that's why I'm so pumped about like (laughs) picking the girl off the screen. And it wasn't really just because of like what she looked like or anything. It was like, I think I can't even remember exactly, but I think she was 23 and she was a speech pathologist. And so like, she kind of had had her shit together. Exactly. Because a lot of these women don't have a lot to offer. Bro, Miss I'm aspiring Instagram model. Yeah. And (laughs) Miss Carolina. Yeah. A lot of them are are like pageant girls and shit. There was Miss Carolina. Which are like, yeah, I'm real pretty and I win a few bucks at some pageants. But, and you know, for these people too, a lot of the opportunity in their lives comes after they're on The Bachelor. Yes. Whatever name that they can make for themselves while they're on there. Right. I mean, they get, you know, they get tons of Instagram followers. Then people are getting Hawk products. You apply to every other reality show under the sun yeah. and you're off. Well, most of it, most, if not all of the new contestants, aren't they, aren't they like vying contestants from the former show? Some of them are. Yeah. Yeah. So Hannah B, which was on the, which was on the season that right. we were just watching lost. Yeah. Thankfully, she's a fucking idiot. <laughs> And she got the Bachelorette, so now yeah. she's the Bachelorette. So that because yeah, like the audience, you know, will respond and, right, and, and be like. But she was Miss Alabama, right? And I'm telling you, bro, like this fucking microphone has more of a personality <laughs> than that chick. On, on one of their first one on ones, he was like, you know, he had a toast. Eh? He's like, all right, here's my toast. He's like, I want to toast to like a great time and you know, a really exciting date, and I'm really happy to be able to spend this one on one time with you. All right, your turn. And she literally could not speak words. She kept saying, like, I don't know what to say. Uh, and he was like, well, just say anything. He's like, just give a toast. Just just a regular fucking little toast toast to you or something. And she was just like. <laughs> and I was just like, I was yelling at the TV. I was like, this broad needs to fucking go, man. Like, she's so stupid. And other than her, and I believe that there's a lot of bullshit where certain people 
are kept on the show, not only for ratings, but also demographics. Yes, I'm getting racial. There's demographics. There's there's a token or two that sticks around longer than you think they should. Yeah, and that's not racial. I'm just saying I'm going to say as an audience member too, you forget about half the people on the show because if they're not stirring the pot and shit, then they're not going to get as much camera time, right? That's right. So you like... You know, there's some people who uh, are like standing at the ceremonies and you're like, I don't know who this person yeah, is. I've like, never I, even seen I, I, I would be surprised if he knows who this person is. <laughs> now, and now, if you got a hate on for Hannah Brown, then you got to watch, you got to at least watch or recap what happens to her in her season. In her season? Because she gets, well, she kind of screwed herself, but she gets kind of hung out to dry. And now there's this whole movement around trying to get her to be the next Bachelorette again. Again? Which I don't think they'll go for, but... I don't think I can handle a whole season of her being a bachelorette, dude. I could I could barely handle when they were when they were one on one. I don't know. I don't know. Like a, a lot of these people, you know, guys, girls included, seem pretty fake on that show anyway. And I think I'd put her there as well. We we both. She's a character. She's a TV, She's basically a TV character at this point. It feels like we both agreed that the uh, whatever his fucking name was, Colton. We both agreed that Colton was most likely gay. You think that was his deal? I mean, like, not to say that just because he was a verge, he was gay, but I mean, like, he was a verge, and, like, there was, I don't know. Like maybe, the, he, maybe he was sitting on the fence. You never both know. Both of us just, there were several times, I remember one time Kirstie was like, I think he might be gay, and I was like, <laughs> I think so, too. Like, you know? I don't have, like, a great, like, gaydar, as they call it, for that kind of stuff. No, but, but uh, it, I don't know, we'd have to ask somebody uh, in that demographic, might might have a better idea as right, to whether any, it is or not. Any but. of our gay followers, please let us know. <laughs> uh, tweet at us uh, if Colton was uh, tripping off your radar. Or not. You but anyway, go. move away from The Bachelor. That was a good little Bachelor section. Uh, we're going to get into the next season, and hopefully you'll tag along a little bit and at least be able to bounce some stuff off. Because like I said, I did enjoy like kind of yelling at the TV a little bit and being like, what are you doing? You know, like So you know, that was good. My main beef with it is just it's annoying as shit sometimes because it's just like crying and crying. Yeah. and screeching and then crying and it's like it's hard to keep up too and and there seems like a lot of shit gets like blown out of proportion on there as well yeah, of course and yeah. that could be the sh- like i said the producers like feeding the stoking the fires there all the time yeah absolutely anyway now for the bachelor uh let's go to the drama on the ice okay kachuk cassian round two did you watch I watched the first period, went to bed after that, caught the highlights in the morning. Oh, too bad. So you missed the you missed the fireworks then, eh? Because they didn't get... They yeah, didn't, I didn't even get through the first period So because the fight was right at the end, correct? I can't remember, but there yeah. was two, right? Yeah, there, there was, was an, two, There yeah. was an undercard that no yeah, one had. Yeah, Nuge had. and Monaghan with the little wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... No one had that on the prelims. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to say like, I'm going to say this like as a, as a prequel here, but you know, all the, the actual fighting aside... It, it was a great hockey game. It was. It was. It was. Everyone was playing hard. Like, it almost had a playoff-like atmosphere to it. Battle of Alberta. Like, yeah. That's, it's good to see. Yeah. The it flames is. are stoked, so to speak. But um, Nice. I, I thought it was pretty cool. I, I watched the highlights, and uh, I thought the most interesting thing was uh, Cassian saying that Kachuk wanted to go him right, right off the opening draw i knew that i said that to my buddy i texted him right away i said he wanted to go and go him right at the beginning no. yeah, yeah. casting said no and said he wanted to think about it and then he, he took him up on it later i guess in the period and it. he also said thanks for uh thanks kid i appreciate you doing this yeah well, well there is a respect there okay i know we called him a pussy and everything but there is respect no, I, I think there's some respect game on there. the ice and that's a weird you know a weird hockey thing and all that but it's 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 the code in action right like I people agree, say yeah. that 
that it's not as as prevalent or there's no need for it in the game anymore. But that's a good example of the code kind of living there. And um, Kachuk had an interesting take on it as well, kind of saying like, you know, I got I didn't fight back. I, I got kind of beat up in my own barn there. So he's like, I wanted a chance to to stick up for myself as well. Yeah. So it's you know I think that's the right the right mindset to have there. Um, he he missed that first big haymaker and then Cassian oh, yeah. took him took him to town. Yeah. So it, and it was feisty like they were ready to go. Oh yeah. Like it was it was passionate. Those gloves so. and sticks just went flying. Oh yeah. <laughs> it just went flying all over. Yeah. They they chucked him pretty quick. And then on the other one, it was Monahan, right? That was really going after uh, the Nuge. Like he wanted to go. Yeah. The Nuge. Nuge. The Nuge wasn't guy. really sure yet, and then and then kind of joined in after. Talk about a guy I never expected to see fighting. Which one? Nuge. Yeah, but the Nuge has two fights. He already. does have two and, fights. And eh? Monaghan had zero. Really? Yeah. So, as, and I agree with you. I would say that if you had to give me the cho- the choice, now this is hindsight because they told me that on the broadcast, but um, going in, I would have said the Nuge would have been the the total verge in terms of fighting. But it was uh, it was Monaghan, as a matter of fact, and he was lit up, man. Like he was he wanted to get at the Nuge badly. And did you see that one fucking oh, that yeah. one swing that he had, and he just missed? And then they kind of came back together. Those are the fights I like. And there to was see. a bit of like uh, stick work and and pushing and shoving that right led up the bench, to it yeah. as well. So it was yeah. a bit of a, a boiling over in that situation. But I, th- I think a lot of times, dude, like when everyone's hyping up that game and this is what everyone was saying, like everyone's hyping up the game and therefore because of the hype, it's not going to live up to it. Well, I think it did not I, only, not only the fisticuffs and shit, but the actual hockey, hockey game, game itself yeah. was really, no, really I, I agree with you. Absolutely. That this was a, a game that, that may have exceeded it. Um, now might've played, been played up to be more bloody, but I mean, that's not going to happen. Let's, let's get real here. Yeah. we, we, we know what the game is like these days, and I don't think any anybody was realistically expecting that to happen. Um, I got you know gotta gotta give props. So I figured it to Kachuk in this situation, it, it puts what happened the previous game behind them until and, Saturday. Well, I'm <laughs> I, I'm saying like that incident on itself specifically yeah. you know the hits the the casting going after them yeah like basically they're both looking at this like okay me you clean slate it's not to say they're not going to go hard at each other because they're gonna absolutely but there's a bit of respect there gained from that situation and they're not gonna there's not gonna be carryover from that incident that happened in that game anymore you know what incident will have carryover which the giordano knee on McDavid. Right. Did yes. you did you catch that? Yeah, so where he, he crushed McDavid there open ice and McDavid was furious too. Well, no, he didn't crush him. He 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 McDavid did a pretty good job to get out of the way. It could have been yeah. bad. It could have yeah. been a bad knee on him. And I think that might have been why we didn't see a penalty or anything like that, because that's the tricky thing about those kneeing calls is that when when you have a, a, a skilled player like McDavid who's avoiding contact all the time you know, you're, you're trying to get out of the way, but often when you are square with someone and then that player lunges out of the way, their, get feet, their feet are still trailing. Yeah. Them, right. I so, do think in this instance that it was a penalty. I, I was watching it live. I watched the replay. It looked like a penalty, but I wouldn't put it as like, Oh, here's Giordano trying to kill McDavid type. thing. No, no, but, but Giordano what, is known to do that. Let's go. He is. He's known. Well, to he's tra- a big boy and he's a tough guy, right? But he's known for the leg trail. Right, right. He's the right. one that brought McDavid down into the post when he broke his leg. Also, right, right. And when they like, you know, go down to because uh, that's what happens a lot of that situation when you're geared up for the hit is you got your feet planted at that point, and when the guy turns, you 
turn a little bit too, and then you're tr- leading with your legs. So. But you're supposed to try and get him with the and then and then the chicken wing elbow becomes a factor, and everyone says, right. "Oh, he didn't lead with the elbow. It's because he lunged at him." I'd rather see that than you trailing your fucking leg, man. That could right. ruin my career, you know. And you know, I feel for McDavid. And I think there was a lot going on in his mind he was pissed i mean he was pissed i mean coming off the knee injury obviously he has that in the back of his head and yeah. he's probably immediately thinking worst case in a scenario whenever uh something like that happens to him but uh you know what kind of pissed me off about this and you can even use the kachuk hits as an example or, or any play that that is suspendable or not in the nhl is that a lot of people and fans you know commentators whoever on especially online seem to think that that there's players literally trying to injure people out there. And I don't think that's true. And I think a lot of people who maybe, maybe are closer to the game might understand that. But I feel like that a lot of viewers at home get this impression that they're, you know, that some guy in the other team is, is sole mission is out there to go out and kill people. And I really, I disagree with that sentiment because let's be honest, guys are, you know, guys are going out to hit guys because they, a, they can, and B, there a job. there's a reason for it. There's yeah, a job, job, right? There's there's a, a lot in going in, into that, right? Yeah, but there are several, like there's a handful of examples where that is the case, where they are going out there to injure. I mean, like, I wouldn't say injure though. I'm saying you're you're going to you can go and nail someone. You're going to put them on your ass. But how many of those guys at the end of the day want to put someone in the fucking hospital? I don't know, man. Like Rafi Torres was pretty fucking bad. Yeah, and some people say Matt Cook as well. Yeah, but there's two guys that you that you could say maybe. Fine. Yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah, because you can't definitively prove. It just seems that yeah. that if there's a guy who plays on the edge, shit like that is gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You're gonna get hits that aren't pretty. It, you know those guys who always finish their checks and hit everybody on the ice. They're not always gonna be clean because you are you're committed to the hit. And if something happens at the last second, guy turns, guy's not protecting himself, guy tries to get out of the way. Yeah, that's right. Something something can happen. Yeah. But immediately it's 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 put right on that guy as if he's trying to go out there and kill someone. Yeah. It's you, like, no, he's trying to go out there and hit him and do his job. Yeah, that's right. So I think that demonizing of, of players is, is something that's just, just got on my nerves lately. You know what was getting on my nerves lately? What's that? The fucking blackouts. Yeah, so you got a follow-up on that. I have a minor follow-up. Okay. So, What progress do we have on this front? Well, the progress is that I'm not blacked out anymore. At all? At all. For anything? Well, uh, well, no. Yeah, no. So... You didn't sound very sure. I don't know how to explain it. That's okay. the problem. I don't know how to explain so it. So what I mean, happened like, then to lead you... So, well, what happened here. is... So, okay, I'm not going to make this super long. I called Bell. I called fucking uh, NHL Network uh, or NHL Live, whatever it is, the subscription on my phone. Um, both of those, like Bell told me, obviously, you know, it's 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 blacked out by the NHL. It's not our decision to do it. So that's no problem. Then I called the NHL. Um, <clears throat> I must have called the NHL several times, three or four times over the over the like last several months or something. And my my best answer that I got finally from like an expert, quote unquote, uh, said to me that uh, based on my location, I should be able to view the games on NHL Live. So there's nothing I can do on this end. You have to contact your internet service provider because it's whenever you log on to your internet when the problem happens, which let's go made sense to me. 
because when I tried to watch the game on my NHL Live account on my phone through data, it, it would fun. work. Right, okay. And then as soon as I flipped over to my internet, it wouldn't. So what right. he said to me made sense. So I had to call Coach Go. I'm on the phone with them for an hour. It's my last, it's my last fucking arrow in my quiver, bud. And if they say no to me, then I got nothing. And I'm on the phone with this guy for over an hour, and he's telling me he can't help me. He can't change my IP address. Actually, it didn't matter because we confirmed my IP address was a K8A postal code, so it, that didn't even matter. I just I remember saying to him, I was like, "Bud, I'm not hanging up the phone with you until we get this <laughs> sorted out." I said, "I've called everyone a hundred fucking times." And I said, "I'm sorry that I'm getting angry. I know it's not your fault, but holy cocksucker, this has got to get fixed, and it's got to get fixed right fucking now." And uh, sure enough, doesn't get fixed. Uh, I end up hanging up the phone with them. I call the NHL back for one last kick at the can. It's like six o'clock. Uh, game's on at seven thirty. I call NHL. I get a guy named David who sounds like he lives next door. If you know what I'm saying, and just likes hockey and is having a good time chatting with me. And I'm like, first of all, David, I'm really happy to be speaking with you, my man. I said this conversation is going to go well. I think for sure. Here's my problem. Blah blah blah. Gave him the problem. He goes to me. Well, sir. Uh, based on your postal code, you should be able to view the games on NHL Live. I go, that's correct. That's what your previous employee told me. However, he told me there's nothing he can do. David goes, oh yeah, he said, I can just fill out this form right here and I can hear him clicking his computer in the background and he goes, boom, he goes, there you go. He says, uh, you should uh, have it in about 15 minutes. And I said, well, it's it's 20 after six. The game doesn't start for another you know hour or so, but uh I guess I'll find out then, eh? And if it doesn't work, what do I do? He goes, it will work. Trust me, I just lifted the blackout in your in in your really. Region. I just lifted it off your account. So was he just being a a, a buddy and and like just lifting it off your account, or I don't think so. Because or are you actually supposed to be able to to watch it, or, or I, can you only get it if you go and call Dave and get it? I removed? don't know the answer to any of those questions. <laughs> All I know is that I sat down and I like I was with Kirsty and I was like, well, babe, I was like. Here, here fucking goes nothing. It was 7.31. And, you know, obviously, so like, you know how it works with programming, right? Like right at 7.30, that, they'll cut you off if you don't have access to it or whatever. So actually funny that I mentioned that though. Remember I told you before, if I stayed on like the channel, if I watched the pregame and then didn't change the channel, I could watch the game. But then as soon as I navigated away from the station, I couldn't go back to it because it would black me out. So there was a weird way that I could get wow. around it. But anyways... <laughs> Um, I flipped it on and it fucking worked. And not only did it work, dude, I was able to watch the Dallas feed. And I've told you before how much I love the Dallas broadcasters. Right. They're awesome. And what I learned a little bit more about being able to watch the away feed, let's be honest, or sorry, my fucking microphone. Let's get real here. I will never navigate away from the TSN feed because I like it too much. Right. It, the, the production value is top notch. Sportsnet. If I can watch something else, I will. And uh, now that I'm on, like now that I'm not blacked out, I was able to watch the Dallas feed. And what I loved about that dude was that, like, so for example, if we're watching the Leafs on Sportsnet, right? They they do every game, so they're always talking about the Leafs all the fucking time, which is great and everything, but they're annoying. I don't like them. So when on you some go, of their broadcasts, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you go to the Dallas feed, that's the only time all year that that the Leafs are in town. So there's two times a year that Dallas will see Toronto and they'll broadcast the game, once when they're on the road and once when they're at home. So when the Leafs come to town, you have to understand, and everyone else, I'm sure they do, local people who don't buy the NHL center ice package but do like hockey 
will watch the game because it's on channel 14 on their on their local programming because it's the Dallas Stars, right? So their job as the as the home broadcasters is to is to educate the viewers on the Leafs who are the visiting team tonight. You know we're playing Toronto tonight. Here's a bunch of their statistics. Here's a bunch of statistics. You know uh, Sheldon Cole. So the coverage. Sheldon Keith. Coverage of Leafs. Coverage good was then, great. Yeah. Coverage was great. That's nice because that's usually why I'll stick with the the uh, Sportsnet feed is is because of that. Really, it's just because I know they're gonna talk about talk them. Leafs and, and and commentate a bit more from their perspective. Yeah. Even though they try to be so neutral about it. Yeah, like I don't think the Dallas feed is necessarily going to go so heavy into the Nashville Predators. I mean, they see them yeah. all they see them all the time. Right. But when the Leafs come in, they were every every face-off, every stoppage in play, man, they were talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and here's how good they are and you know, Dallas had just come off a big win against Tampa and they were really relating the Leafs to Tampa. They're very Tampa-like in the way that they can strike quickly and they can score several goals. And it turns out the Leafs scored right after the guy said that. And he was like, there you go. You see what I'm talking about? So it was very cool for me to be able to watch that away feed, kind of get away from the Mickey Mouse Sportsnet bullshit that I really don't have an appetite for, um, you know. So at least uh, through the NHL Live, you can watch now. Not necessarily though through like your cable or something like that. No, I still won't be able to, and yeah, that's okay. fine. That's an actual blackout. No, I guess so. Yeah, I, I guess that's why you buy NHL Live. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I kept telling those guys. I was like, "Listen, guys, I know that I'm blacked out that- on my dish. That's why I bought this." I would just wonder how you were set up on a blackout on something that's not supposed to be. Any Shouldn't blackouts. have been. Doesn't Shouldn't make been. any sense. What makes me the most angry, bro, is that all you had to do was press a goddamn yeah, button. It was that easy at the end of the day to solve your problem. It could have been solved last year. Yeah, no kidding. So we're all done. No more bitching about blackouts. All right. Blackouts can S my D. Well, I still get fisted by the odd one, but <laughs> as long as Nick Cage is still going online there, it should be fine. Nick Cage will always be going. At the end of the world, it'll be cockroaches, Nick Cage, and Marty Marinci. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the all-star game here. Um, the what? The all-star game. Never heard of it. Never. Not once. I so what what excites me right now is as much as I follow hockey and listen to NHL radio and I'm always up and about, I actually don't know who won. You don't know who won? I don't know who won. When you tell me it's gonna be the first time I find out who won. What if I don't know who won? Was it the Pacific? Yeah. <laughs> it was? Okay, so the one thing that I failed to mention last week when we were talking about All Star coming up, I wanted to mention that I thought that the Pacific division would be my choice. Even though they're the worst division in the league, I felt that because of that, they would have a little chip on their shoulder and say like, okay, all these other teams have a bunch of points and we're like eight to 10 points behind uh, the other division leaders. So we're clearly the, you know, basement or division in the league. So I thought that they might have a little B in their bonnet. And as it turns out, maybe that was the case. I don't know. I didn't watch. Well, I watched a bit of it. Uh, Just, I watched a bit of the Atlantic's first game. And let me tell you, the three on three format is excellent for showcasing the player's skills for sure. You know, lots of saucer passes and fancy moves. Goalies are kind of swimming around like they're drunk out there. Yeah. But fuck, man, it's it's not good. It's not good. No, it's not. And and you know, I, I might have to make an argument for going back to the five on five format because I think the issue with the three on three is that it's it's like there's too much ice. Nobody wants to skate that hard, so it's not fast. 
No, it's, it's not fast at all. No, it's fast in the regular season because everyone wants that. Because they want to win. Yeah, yeah so win. it's 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 not fast at all, and that no. that's a huge element of what makes three on three exciting. And, and that's that, why and that's the, not there. That's why the women's now. That's why that was fucking awesome. I watched that. What a it, hockey game! It was good, dude. And there were some really good moves. Even man. if you didn't watch it, you could look at the score and tell how much they cared. It was two one. Yeah. It was two one. Those games uh, between the NHLers was like ten seven. Oh yeah, shit like that. And it's not. It's not because they can't score. And man, man, the goal, the, the goalie, goalie awesome. played phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, like, it was fun, man. Yeah, that and I, I called it before going into it that that game was going to be more exciting than the men's. Oh, and it hundred percent certainly was. was. No question. Yeah, like there was some. I, I did. I that was the one part of All Star Weekend where I actually watched the entirety. I watched that entire women's game, the whole thing, start to finish, and. I caught myself several times being like, oh, 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 <laughs> like, you know, move, another move, and yeah. then a third move. Oh, and and she just couldn't tuck it in. Like, tr- they were trying. Like, it was that's, pretty sweet. That's what was great and refreshing. So, I don't know, NHL, go back to the drawing board but there with the All-Star game. Figure something out. I was, I actually had an idea the other day um, about playing like a KHL All-Star team. Like, like get an NHL all-star team and play against a KHL all-star team. Find somewhere where somebody's going to try and there's going to be some pride involved. You don't want that, though, because you don't want your fucking player being injured I guess, in a but stupid man, they, all-star game when you to, need him for the next 35 games. They used to do games. it back in the day, though. Like, they used to, you know, the, the, the uh, Stanley Cup champions used to play the Soviet Red Army. Right. And shit like that. Like, yeah. that stuff was cool. And you were playing for like, there's a lot of pride in that hockey, you know? Like maybe you just can't recreate it and the, the nationalism isn't there anymore. I don't know. Fucking scrap it. But I, they got to they gotta come up with something. It's garbage. They got to come up with something or they got to scrap it. But um, any thoughts on the, the skills comp though? Like I thought that shooting stars thing was pretty cool. I also missed the skills comp. So I, I did watch the recap on the shooting stars thing and I thought it was neat how they had the, you know, the players were up in the crowd. Like they, they walked up the uh, the stands there to get up to the shooting platform and okay you know i thought that was pretty neat and and, and the fans seemed to appreciate it and then they might have to simplify the uh the scoring system the rules because it was a little bit confusing that's I what they were talking about on the radio it was like a three-way tie and they had to go in overtime or something and Martin, everyone thought Martin wanted and anyway but the other thing i thought that um and and this is all, all credit to the st louis blues organization is the 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 production level the production value Oh, of the game of itself? The, of the game itself. And okay. the, the intros, I mean, they had Layla introducing the Blues players. Uh, they had some celebrity coaches there. They had um, they had Jenna Fisher uh, from The Office. They had John Hamm. I love John Hamm. Uh, and they had Gretz and, and Hull. We, yeah. we went blues himself there, Mr. We yeah. went blues out there, and that was awesome. And the skills comment, bringing out Al McGinnis yeah. with a wooden stick, blasting 100 Fucking miles an hour. He did? How sick was that? I didn't see you it. You didn't see that? No, I didn't fucking Dude, see it. Dude, you got to watch that, man. He went out and skates in blues jersey and ripped one in the hardest shot contest and got over 100. Okay, that's He beat some sweet. of the players. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. He didn't beat Martin Furk, though. No, he didn't. Yeah. 109. Yeah, which is insane. It is insane. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty awesome. And and it goes back to this idea, I believe we talked about it last year, and I think uh, Elliot Friedman's been on it for a number of years, is you got to find a way to, to bring in the best from the NHL into the all-star game. 
Bring Chair out next year for the hardest shot. I don't care if he's an all star. Yeah, I've been on that. I've been in that boat as well. You know, I've been in that boat as well. Let's just go across the league and and ask the uh, ask the GMs or the players to vote on the top five players in the league that they believe yeah, are the best. fastest skaters yeah. and, and, and then, just for the, yeah. the most accurate shooters. And you vote. So you have the all star players that are participating, and then you bring in you bring in some other guys from around the league who are just there for a skills comp and that's it sort that's of it. thing. And that really appeases to the fans because you're getting more players, more involved. players. Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. 100%. And especially like, you know, in some instances it could result in guys because not everybody can make it and you have lots of deserving players who, who probably should be all-stars, but don't get to be because you know, they could be third or fourth best on their team or something, yeah. but they could qualify for one of these skills competition. And, 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 that, and that player is a fan favorite. Where, right. where, where he's where he's from and probably elsewhere and too. especially they're being voted in it shows they have the backing of the fans and you would automatically include a more like uh diverse demographic so you'd be having players from several several different countries not that they don't have that already let's go but you know what i'm saying right there'd be more players from this part of the world in this part of the world there'd be more players coming together to basically enjoy and celebrate the game because isn't that what it's all about it's about celebrating the game and, and having a good time yeah it's for the fans it's for the kids and it it sounded like the the fans in St. Louis really embraced it. I mean, hockey's probably at a peak right now, considering they just won the Stanley Cup. I heard there was uh, five hour long lineups uh, there, people waiting to uh, take pictures with the cup at the fan fest and everything. Oh, so sweet. that's pretty awesome to hear. So you one know. one thing that they really got to get rid of, or I don't know what they're going to do with it, but the the player tracking thing. What did you think of the player tracking? I think it's cool. It's just they got to find a better way to like present the data. Like share the data. I think I don't want it on my screen. Not so much. Like Get I don't. I don't need the. Um, I know where Nathan McKinnon. I is. know that that I don't need. I don't need the the player tags. Player tags are garbage. Just put it in the top corner. of This like McKinnon's going this fast or something. Not like, even that. I don't need a label of this guy to identify who they're on the ice. Now where that might have a good application though is off a draw, off a commercial break. Boom! Quickly before the puck's dropped. Here's all the name bars. Oh, everyone. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Everybody in the ice really quick. Like Boom. Football. And then the puck gets dropped. It's snapped off the screen. They do that screen. on football often. That would be pretty cool because... Snapped off the screen. And especially yeah. for... I mean, I got pretty good eyes, but like, let's be honest, trying to read uh, a number of a player skating whose jersey you can't fully see or read the name is almost impossible. And it's just the way it is with hockey because it's broadcast so, or the, it's filmed so far away right. most of the time. Yeah. So I think that would help eliminate that. And it just becomes more engaging for, for the fans and, and say a, a new fan or a casual fan who doesn't know who's on the ice or maybe even who plays on the team. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I, I, I like all the data. I just think it's more appeasing to me if we if we offered it like afterwards you know or maybe they well, like on a highlight or a replay no just like after the game let me go and look at oh okay let me go and look at how fast mcdavid like was choose going. your own overlays yeah and stuff. What, what was no but not even during the screen that's a good idea too but i just mean the actual data like let me consume the data on my own time like, right like let me go in and see what mcdavid's average speed was yeah. all game long what like, was his what present was his me peak? the present me with the data after i'm not maybe not as as interested in real, i don't want to be real inundated. Time. i don't want to be right. inundated okay. with the data i want to see it after and and decide for myself or maybe let's go they roll it out and they put it on the app where you can watch the game and then you can click a button and get the the data real time but right. if i don't want it then it shouldn't or be you can watch stream. or you can get the data like stream to a second screen 
Like yeah. you're watching a game and you can go like link up on NHL.com or something. Yeah, game up here. And, and you've got all here. that data from the player tracking. Well, it's going yeah. somewhere for sure. And I think, I don't know when, if they have any plans as of yet to actually roll it out in the regular season, but uh, it's definitely something they're looking at. And I mean, if you think about it from a, from a, a team management perspective, I mean, you want more data. Of course you do. They're, 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 you know, all about big data now. And if you're gambling or gambler or you're the books, you want all that information too. anything you can yeah, get to get true. more insight on the game. Good point. And that actually even speaks to my, my desire, which is to have it on my own time. Because if I'm laying some money down on the line, I want to go have a look at the last several games. Let's go look at the last several games, man. This guy is fucking flying out there, spending 62% of his ice uh, shifts in the ozone, absolutely flying around at an average kilometers of 22, you know, whatever, just kind of be able to make, make a decision based on that data. One of the stats that I'm most interested in right now, and I'm, it's surprising to me that they don't currently track it is time with the puck. So puck possession time. Cause if per, you ever see player? like, if you ever watch a soccer game, they will tell you how much time the time of possession for each player for well i don't know if they can break it down by player but they'll show you on the screen like during the game like possession 34 minutes for england and 20 minutes for canada or something like that yeah so you'll you'll be able to see from that like who's dominating the game and i think in hockey it's it's much more interesting because it is so fast and there is a lot of time where the puck's not necessarily on anyone's stick yeah it's not so it's like how much control possession are we actually seeing control puck possession and it 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 just might show you another metric to show you you know a good team from from someone who's not maybe well it's definitely happening it's definitely trending in an upward direction and i and i'm definitely all for it i just really 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 don't want it all on my fucking screen right right which i don't think they ever would do anything like um anything that's going to obstruct viewing well it did for the all-star game a a little bit but like oh i'd say it definitely in in real time like on a broadcast of an actual hockey game i don't think they would go there no but if they did i'm gonna be pissed that's what i'm saying like it sucked i I thought it sucked like the name tags and everything fucking sucked i there were times where the puck was literally behind the name tag if you're gonna put that name tag up there make it see-through whatever that opposite of opaque Whatever that is. I can't remember what the word is, but make it uh, translucent. Is that what it is? Translucent. Yeah. I believe is the word you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Pucks in D podcast, baby. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like go there with it so I can see through it or something. Right. It just, it stood out too much for me and I didn't really like it. So hopefully they don't, uh, cause I, I believe they did say that they're bringing data tracking and stuff like that to the playoffs. Yeah. Don't ruin the playoffs. It's the best part. Yeah. I don't know. It'll Bring be- a fucking preseason. I, I'm sure the broadcasters will have quite the say in it as well. It won't be just an NHL driven type thing here. Uh, but anyway, I guess to wrap up the talk on the all-star game, more women in it, I guess is uh, what we want because it's the only entertaining aspect of it currently. I would say other than a few of the skills comps agreed and some of the shenanigans on the sidelines, I guess with people like Brett Hall and Al McKinnis, but uh and clearly, especially the ladies, like you hear the interview after too, like, you know, one of them made a really good point about, it. I've never worn an NHL crest before. Yeah. It's the first time I pulled on an NHL jersey and played played hockey. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, which I think was a really neat moment. But a weird thing that they must fix if we do this again, uh, please do not put both the teams in the same dressing room because that must have been awkward as fuck. Yeah, that's right. So what, both Team Canada They had to share a dressing room. That's weird. That's brutal. That is brutal. (laughs) You know, I I also... Like, this isn't just buddies from out in the NHL getting getting together for a pickup game. No, these girls probably don't like each other. 
Probably not really. Like I there's mean, some, some, a, some of them there's wouldn't. an intense rivalry. Like I'm sure there's some camaraderie and respect there, especially yeah, in this these circumstances where it's as friendly of a match as ever. Right. But but they don't like each other. Not really. Like no. you know, like it's every time for gold against these girls. Every single time. Yeah, exactly. Every time. Yeah. But you know what? Let's go. That's what I was gonna say. It really did like they really did a good job by making it Team USA versus Team Canada. That was the right decision by Right, instead of combining them or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because it really added that extra little bit of oomph to the game. And that's where I believe the NHL should take note and say, Okay, let's try and make let's try and make some teams almost like a world cup. We've talked about this before on the last episode, make some sort of, make some sort of camaraderie out of thin air by either lumping guys together based on their, their, like where they're from or, or maybe how old they are or a combination of both of those things. Because of course we're going to have so many more options in North America than abroad. Yeah, right? they got to look at something and, look and at something. I, I believe it was in 31 thoughts where Elliot I did allude that the NHL was considering some kind of international format for the next one, so I wouldn't be surprised to Good. see it go back into that direction. It used to be North America versus the world if yeah. you recall back in the late 90s I want to say. Early thousands too, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um yeah, I guess we're up on that topic. What are we hitting next here? Well, I don't know. I mean, do you got anything left, or do you want to give fucking Cody a call and bring him in? I guess so. I I, I did want to talk about the Predators just a little bit because we did get to watch them play on Monday, and man, Blech. wow! But then they beat Washington. I guess, but that was because Holpe sucks now. Yeah, and <laughs> but they also had like a ridiculously terrible own goal uh, oh, last night as well. Who the the Predators? Oh, they did. Yeah, I didn't catch it, buddy. Like. Pretty much wrapped it from behind his net, right into the right in there, like oh, off right, his pad. Right. He tried to make like a pass, like beside the post, through the crease, and hit right in the pod and went in the net. Uh, Chris Phillips. It was such like a like a reminiscent of like oh, this is our year, right? Like this is what this is how it's been. Man, it's uh, yeah. Like they were they were awful against the Leafs. They wouldn't have offense, defense, nothing. They were awful, and they looked like they didn't care. It looked like they were they were like start the bus. I think they're done. They they sure looked that way the other day. I mean, and, and I don't know what what you're gonna do if if you're Poil there. Like you got you got a lot of potentially bad contracts. One that's definitely already bad: the Kyle Turris contract, oh. paying a guy six mil to play fourth line center for you. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But uh, nice win for the Leafs, though. Take that. Two nice wins for the Leafs. Yeah, yeah, including last night. I thought they looked good. Uh, Freddie Anderson. Looks like he's back on top, back on his game, because he made some really big saves last night because there were some moments where uh, the Stars did have a lot of zone time, pressure, and uh, were dominating the play. Yeah, it's been great, man. Um, I mean, you know, while we're speaking of the Leafs, do you want me to dial up Cody? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, I guess so. All right, well, I just told him we'd call him live, so I'm just going to ring him right now. There you go. Ring him on his mobile, see where we can go. He's all pumped up. He's got... uh, He's got the uh, the grades all ready to go, and we'll see if uh, we'll see if Cody picks up and if he's ready to rock. Better you there, be. Cody, my man. Hey, what's going on? Oh, look at this! There he is, live on the Pucks and hey. D podcast. Cody Jacobs, friend of the show, returning friend of the show. Glad to be yeah, uh, gl- to glad back. to have you back on, Cody. What's going on, my friend? Not a lot, man. Not a lot's going on in my life. Right on. Got, well. Uh, Baby's keeping me busy. That's that's my life right now. But oh, baby, eh? How old? I have a four-month-old twin boys. Oh, boy. Now, for the listeners, yeah. I did know that, okay? Like, I do talk to Cody on a regular <laughs> basis, so I did fucking know that. But 
uh, always good podcasting to, you know, let the, let the listeners know what's going on with Cody. So four month old twins. I mean, are you dressing them the same and everything, Cody? Oh yeah. You have to, right? <laughs> you definitely <laughs> Two of <do>. everything. <laughs> so when are you getting snipped? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I, I, I know a couple of people actually with twins and I always say to them, I'm like, well, you're done. You did your job. You got two right there. That's it. Two in one shot. Done. <laughs> Yeah, I have an eight-year-old boy too, so I, I that's it. We're done. Atta boy. Nice. So we were just talking about the Leafs' most recent uh, trips to the ice. Cody, uh, two big wins coming off the All-Star break. Um, what are you thinking? I mean, I know you and I and a couple other of the lads were, we were discussing uh, what kind of run, you know, the Leafs might needed to go on uh, given the fact that they were, Coming out of the break, four points back. I think I was pretty adamant that my my level of concern is basically circled right around the Florida Panthers. I mean, we win three games against the Florida Panthers coming home, and I don't really think there's any reason why we don't make it. So as much as every game is super important, I think those games are obviously crucial uh, in our ability to make a postseason. But coming out of the break, two pretty solid efforts, two good wins um where where you think we're at here uh coming out of the all-star break well we're we're still in trouble but uh i don't see much of an issue with it if we win the games against florida like you said um that's that's the biggest key we have to win our divisional rival games we got to beat ottawa on saturday that's a given um like you you can't come out of there with a loss and have it be explainable in my opinion yeah, but um, they always give us a tough time, man. Like I know you're right. Like you should, I, you should I know, be able to but say that they're there's win. no reason for a tough time. We should stomp them. They can't and I think afford we will. to lose. They're in that there's situation. There's too much line. But we don't play. We're not playing as well at home anymore as we used to. It's gonna happen. I'm calling it right now. Okay. It's gonna happen on Saturday night. We're gonna dummy Ottawa. Points night. It's not gonna be a tough time. <laughs> are you are you are you willing to risk your position as a regular caller on the puck pod? <laughs> But for, I'd be willing to bet that. Yeah, oh, oh, I love shit. it. Love or at it. least a like a like a like a six month suspension from the Bucks and D podcast. I'm feeling I, that's thanks, fair. That's fair. Thanks, Cody. I'm feeling a lot better about Saturday's game against Ottawa because I know they haven't played them much this year, but it it was looming in the schedule, and especially now that that wins are at a premium and and they need every point that they can get, especially those from their divisional rivals. I mean. You got to take this one, and I'm gonna say they're in a pretty good position to do so. I mean, given that Freddie Anderson appears to have back, uh, bounced back from you know whatever issues he was having prior to the break, um, I really think uh, Jake Muzzin coming back in the lineup, though, obviously probably having the biggest impact, given he was the you know he was the least best defenseman I would say leading into his injury. So, what kind of impact do you think he's having, and also you know having Rasmus Sandin come up and play some big minutes? I mean, it's it's nice that Muzzin's been able to step up into a top-pairing defenseman. I didn't think he had it in him, but he's played better since Riley's went down from injury. So, And, I mean, coming off the injury that he had, that's a tough thing to do is just jump right back into it in a bigger role. Um, but, no, he's nailing it so far. Um, as for Sandine, how can you not like that kid, man? Six points in 11 games since being up as a defenseman. Like, he's 19 years old, just unreal that we were able to get him when we got him yeah and it's nice to see the development really come full circle for a guy like Sandine, who obviously really was a, a standout 
uh, at the World Junior Championships as well. So, Cody, we, we brought you on to to chat about, you know, mid-season, post-All-Star game uh, report cards. Did a guy like Rasmus Sandin make, uh, make your grades or not? Yeah, he made my grade, so why not? I uh, I graded everybody that's pretty much suited up for the lease this year. Oh, nice. Um, okay. Just in preparation. I mean, you don't have to hear them all. I don't know what uh, well, restrictions us, I have when it comes to that. Take us from the top here. You can start with the start with the A's, I guess, and we'll work our way down. Oh, you want, don't you yeah, normally? Like, okay, lead off with your best foot forward. I like that. Let's go. That's fine. Go with the best, or yeah. do you want me to start with the worst? Well, what do you want to do? Well, You're wait. the guest. I mean, let me start off with my only fail grade this season. Okay, fair. Um, Who is it? Mike Babcock. Ah! (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, That was, uh, that was not a good start to the season. I, uh, under Sheldon Keefe, I think everybody's kind of, uh, felt a little bit better than uh, how we were about 23 games into this season. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Cody, to to elaborate on the Babcock thing, you don't want to go too far off on it right now. But I heard on uh, I heard on the radio today, the guys were discussing that you know if, if the Leafs are unable to make the postseason, then you know the next guy, all the focus, the 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 spotlight, the hot seat will be right on Kyle Dubas. And while while I do understand that. The next guy in line is technically Kyle Dubas. Uh, I remember I tweeted at the show because I was like, you know what, guys? While I understand where you're coming from here, there is 0% chance that Kyle Dubas even has anything to worry about, given the fact that the only reason why we are where we are is because Shanahan cock-blocked Dubas and wouldn't let him bring in his guy. I mean, he brings his guy in. And we win games. We score four, five, six goals. Yeah, we're we're giving some up. But let's be honest. Freddie has been less than stellar, right? And I don't think at this point yep. now, given how great the team is playing up front, yes, there's some deficiencies to, on defense, I know. But we're scoring a pile of goals, and all we really need is for Freddie to be good. Like, good Freddie. Not outstanding, stellar, making 56 saves. Otherwise, we're going to lose. He's just got to be good. And there was a, a few times here over the last couple of weeks prior to the break where he wasn't as good. And yet, somehow, we're still pumping out at a 114-point pace. So, I don't think Kyle Dubas has anything to worry about until at least, you know a full season training camp of all the wheels in motion and his vision for this team actually being put on the ice every night from October and and on. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. It's, it's been 180 degree turnaround since Sheldon Keith's taken over. You can see it in the players in the system that's being run. Um, He has the balls to go out and put Austin Matthews with Mitch Marner, something Babcock never, ever tried. Um, and look at it's so far it's magic. Matthews is going to break that record. No doubt about it. Unless he gets injured like 36 goals so far. Yes. I'm also knocking on wood. <laughs> that, <laughs> um, was, that was exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not trying to jinx anything with that by any means. That's oh, the last course, thing man. I want, but, uh, no, like he's, he's going to put pucks in the net. He scores in the first period against Dallas. And I texted all you boys. I said, my favorite thing about a Matthews goal in the first period is the night is a win. 
Like, even if we lose the game, I'm going to be upset that we lost the game. But Matthew scored. So March, March to 50 continues. Yep. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, we didn't win, but Matthew scored. Silver so lining. it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. Um, <laughs> I have, I do have Austin Matthews as my highest graded player at an A. Okay, so no one able to crack the A+. plus. What kind of criteria do you think, Cody, just to pick your brain on and let the listeners know how you're you know, getting these grades? I'm sure you're factoring in a bunch of different things. Are you just picking them out of thin air? Like, What, what does a guy have to do to get an A+. Plus? I mean, Matthew, like I said, he knows how to put the puck in the net, but I wish he had it turned on every single game because there is times that I'm watching him out there where it's just he, he seems shut down that game. He... I don't know, like he's disinterested some nights, but it's not very often. Um, but I just wish he had that extra push. Like sometimes when I'm watching other games, I see that push from a guy like Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel. You know, you want to see that extra. But um, to get an A+, I would have liked to seen a little bit more from, from guys. Um, Matthews especially, I just want to see that extra push. So like if... If Zach Hyman had Austin Matthews skills, there's your A plus, right? Yeah, basically. I just he's got a big frame. I wish he'd use it a little bit more. Absolutely. So who else uh cracked the A's? Uh I you, I have to put William Nylander up there. That's I correct. Mean, he's uh he's having a career year. He's he's got a beautiful contract. I don't care what anybody says. Like there's there's so much to Nylander's game to like. He loves having the puck. He's a possession player. Um, he's he's came under fire with John Tavares. Like I, I like Sheldon Keefe making that swap. Willie's working on a pretty nice tan too. Did you notice that whenever they zoom up on him, like he was clearly under the sun somewhere during that All Star break? No doubt. Yeah, I, yeah, thought, I, I saw no a couple uh, shirtless uh, Insta Insta stories floating around out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well deserved though. Um, I mean, the uh, guy's scoring almost every game now. It seems like every time he scores, I'm yelling at my TV, Willie again, you know, like it's, it's more, it's every night from this guy now. And I, I still think Cody and I, I think let and yourself will agree. I still think that there's like more of a ceiling. Like, I don't think he's peaked at all here. No, I, I think he's just getting started. Like yeah. I see the chemistry building with John Tavares. John Tavares has uh, picked up his game as, as of late. Um, so I, I I do have John Tavares down my list. He's graded as a C. Um, he just he hasn't seemed like himself this season at all. I don't I don't know what's going on with with Johnny, but I don't know if it did all turn around as the playoff season starts to ramp up here. I hope he shows up. Now he's putting up decent numbers in terms of points, but is that just in uh, kind of comparing to the the amazing year he had last year? Um, is there something more to that for you? Yeah, like comparing it to last season's hard because he did have an outstanding year, but I, I did expect the the same again this year, and it just hasn't been there. Um, he was a big advocate for Mike Babcock, but he he wasn't performing under Mike Babcock, and now he is under Sheldon Keefe. So it's it's interesting. So all joking we'll all joking out. aside here, um, can either of you tell me the difference between? John Tavares last year and John Tavares this year in, in terms of his line mates, maybe specifically. That plays a big part. I mean, he had Hyman last year. 
And yeah, any, had- any line that has Hyman on it is, I know plus minus is kind of out the window in this day and age, but any line that has Zach Hyman on it is a plus line. I don't care. They're plus. They don't get scored yep. on and they score goals and he creates chances. He's not like this gifted offensive player or anything, but he creates chances. And, you know, JT and Mitch Marner, while they are clearly head and shoulders more skilled and better hockey players than a Zach Hyman, it just goes to show you what that level can do, like what that level of passion and drive and intensity can do for any given line. And it started when Hyman was with Matthews in his rookie year and scored the 40. And then he moved on to the JT Marner line. And then that was clearly our best line. And now Hyman's back with Matthews, which is, which was always been my wish and desire. He's back with Matthews now. And now that line is clearly our best line. So I know he's not our best player or even one of our best players by any means, but it's just, he brings such a, an intangible to, to that line, uh, especially as it relates to five on five full strength. Yeah, I, I graded uh, Hyman with an A minus. Nice. Um, I I do highly respect the way he plays the game, and this year he's uh, he's found his hands a little bit more too, which is uh, quite helpful. Well, he scored on that breakaway that he uh, he got set up on the other day. That was like a a shot he misses every other time. I feel like, and he just yep. he just put it in beautifully. Yeah, it was it was nice to see that, and you can't deny the pass there from Marner. So, oh, such a nice pass! Oh yeah, absolutely. Do uh, so. Do you have any other A's uh, in to round out that category? Uh, Sheldon Keith. Ah, ah, of course. Very nice. Very good. I yeah. hear it, <clears throat> my man. Yeah, Sheldon Keith. No doubt about it. I mean, he's turned the team around a hundred percent. It seems like uh, guys are buying in. Um, he's just getting started here. So, yeah. A for A for him. Yeah, and that kind of brings me back to my Dubis chat earlier with regards to like, oh, being on the hot seat or, you know, if the Leafs don't make the playoffs, he's going to have to answer some questions. That was actually the the guy on Sirius Radio. He he replied to my tweet and he said, no, I, I didn't necessarily mean that he was going to be fired or anything, but if the Leafs fail to make the playoffs, then he's going to have to answer some questions. And I, I, I responded again. I said, but is he though? Like, is he? Like, why is he going to have to answer questions because of a team that was just being completely wasted and now all of a sudden it's it's like water was poured on a flower and it just bloomed and you know we had no idea why it was dying it wasn't getting any water so then we put some water on it and now we've got this beautiful garden full of amazing flowers and everything's going well right like i don't understand why all of a sudden dubis is going to have to answer questions for something that i think was pretty clearly evident that you know that was the problem and you never like to say that it's not an excuse Um, it's not letting the players off the hook because, you know, professional athletes shouldn't just be checking out because they don't like their coach or whatever, but you know, sometimes you just got to call it as it is. And I think that's exactly what we saw uh, with the transition, uh, middle of November. Yeah, I would agree. That was, uh, that was a good run so far for Sheldon Keefe in this, uh, in this brief stint. I'm, I'm not as optimistic as my boy Coley. I know how much you adore the lumber King, um, but it's, I'm not sold a hundred percent yet. I want to see a, a playoff series. I want to see the boys go on for a run here and, uh, then I'll, I'll judge it when he has a full training camp next season. And, but I think it's going in great places from what I see. And they're a heavily possession team now. It's unbelievable. 
Yeah, they're definitely playing a style that's more conducive to their skill set, and I think that was my number one complaint of this team under the old guy. So uh, it's it's really great to see and, and definitely one of the positive stories of this year so far. Who do you got up next here, Cody? Uh, Tyson Berry. Um, it was a hard guy for me to grade. That's a tough one. I mean, this, yeah, the start of the season was I would had him lower. Like when I found out that I was coming on the pod for this, like he was down my charts and he slowly gained back up. Um, but I have him as a B minus. I, I I've liked Barry's game a lot of the late. Um, he's sound defensively. He's got the offense starting to kick in, and he's only shooting three point nine shooting percentage. I think that's going to climb. Um, but yeah, no Tyson Barry a B minus. I think. Uh, I think he's going to be in the A's by the time uh, the playoffs come around. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, And I I like how you bring up his shooting percentage because I think as time goes on, and, you know, Lesko and I spoke about this over the last couple episodes of the Pucks in Deep podcast here, um, you know, the transition between systems and, like you just said, Cody, being a high-possession team, those transitions aren't going to happen overnight. And I think as we move forward, we're going to gain more confidence as a team. Lineup juggling is kind of reduced now to a minimum, right? We know what we have. We, uh, we're we going to be getting some bodies back uh, at big moments. Uh, you know, we've already got Muzzin back. Riley will be coming back. Maybe a couple games left before playoffs, best case scenario. Um, a guy like Ilya Mikheyev, I'm not exactly sure. Do we know what the time frame is like for Mikheyev to come back? Like, is he done totally till the end of the playoffs and everything? Or would he potentially be able to come back? I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, just just being able to go out there and see the boys start to play a better brand of hockey, I think it is going to result in a guy like Tyson Berry raising that shooting percentage, Cody, because his looks are going to be pretty strong looks now whereas before I think he was lost everything was forced Uh, any shots that he was getting were low percentage from the outside so I think you're right I think that shooting percentage is really in a position to uh, go north now that the team is starting to understand the system a little bit better as a whole yeah and he's starting to see a lot more uh, power play time with Morgan Riley being out completely Um, He had already taken over the top spot on the power play unit, but now he's getting played a little bit longer since the Riley injury. That Um, seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Well, you can't argue Sandine being on there now either. Um, Yeah, of course. uh, He's another one that I rated a B so far this season. Um, Like Sandine, he's done nothing wrong in my eyes. The 19-year-old kid, he's stepped up and he's performed well. So, well, okay, yeah, I don't want to move on so quickly from Sandy, and I'm so glad I picked him up in one of my leagues. Uh, the league that I run, unfortunately, one of the guys, his team is good, but he's more focused on, like, having people on his team that he loves, right? So that, There's that, always that guy. That doesn't help you in fantasy. So as soon as Sandine got called up, he, he scooped him. And I was like, man, I was, I was kind of thinking about maybe scooping him, but I wanted to see how it went uh, before I did it, you know, so I didn't have a chance. But then he got one and one. He got a goal and an assist, and I think either one or both of them were on the power play. One was on the power play. I can't remember. 
But either way, I, I was I was really pumped, and I went to my other league, and he was available. So I scooped him Im- Im- immediately, and lo and behold, he gets another point for me after. So I'm hoping that this is a real step in the right direction for a young player. And let's be honest, it's been really it's been quite some time. I mean, maybe maybe Morgan Riley. The last time we were like really jacked up about a defensive prospect that we had, like I know Dermot is good and, and I'm excited about Dermot. I've always labeled Dermot as like a, like a Jake Gardner 2.0 where instead of getting mad at Gar- or instead of getting mad at Dermot all the time for his mistakes, I think I'll be okay with Dermot's mistakes because his ability will offset that. Whereas Gardner towards the end of his tenure with the Leafs was a little bit of a polarizing figure where you had to really be a Gardner fan to, you know, defend some of the shit that went down on a, on a daily basis with that guy back there. Absolutely. Um, and that's where I want to bring up Justin Hall too. I mean, he has been like an entirely different defenseman this season. I don't know where this has come from. Yeah, he's but... playing. Yeah, he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's what I mean. But he, he's playing extremely well. Like, he's just, he's gone from riding the bench to breaking out into a top four right-handed defenseman for us, it seems. He looks confident um, out there. Yeah. So um, at the deadline, I wouldn't mind seeing him be our third right defenseman. Um, when all said and done, I'd like to have a little bit more of a stack top four when it comes to playoff time. Well, just quickly um, to interject before you continue on Hall's grade and him specifically, uh, you talked about deadline and maybe seeing him down at the three D. Um, where what are your thoughts? Is there are you in my camp? I I, I want to look at Dumba. I want to look at Dumba so badly. I mean, I hate trade speculation, but when you're in a position like the Leafs are, where you kind of have depth and everything up front. You don't really need anything there. You're looking for one specific player. And do you have any thoughts as to who the Leafs might be able to acquire to fill that void? Uh, all signs point to Dumba. Yeah, they so, do, eh? Uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Dubas has came out and said that he wants a player with more term on his contract. He doesn't want a rental. Um, Dumba's got three years left. So he fits the bill. He's only making $6 million. So, I mean, you add in Cody Cece and a player like Kasperi Kapanen. Right. And a little, a little bit of extras here and there. Um, I think it could get done. You think uh, your boy, Tricky Nicky Robertson, gets dangled? Or is he like uh, no. someone, no, eh? untouchable? Uh, that's a little bit biased. But, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think... I don't think they'll dangle anybody that young. If they're going to dangle anybody, I'd be curious to see if they maybe dangled Brocco. But oh, Brocco, I'm sure they've been dangling here, him for years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not enough to get much done. Uh, so, we got coming up next year, Cody. Um, Freddie Anderson. Now, was this a tough uh, one too? Like Tyson Berry was a tough one. one. Was Was Freddie a bit yeah. of a tough one? Because he's been a bit of a mixed bag. <laughs> Yeah, Freddie's Freddie's had a good couple months and he's had a bad couple months. So uh, I gave I gave Freddie a B minus. Um, he's he's kept us in some games with some big saves, um, but he's let in some fl- fluky, flunky ones, and that's uh, that's got to stop coming down the stretcher. I think a B minus is fair because you can't. We wouldn't be where we are in the standings without Fred. And what I'm getting at is I believe that there have been more games that we won 
because of him than games we lost because of him. Yeah. Definitely definitely more. He's got 24, four wins and nine losses. Um, It's hard to, it's hard to grade him bad in that aspect. He's putting up wins for us. Uh, He's, I believe a nine twelve save percentage right now. I could be wrong on that. I'm not looking at it right now, but um, he's he's keeping us in it. He's he's putting up decent numbers. That's all we need going down. We just gotta lose that fluky goal here and there that he really kind of flubs. Now let's uh, throw it over to the other goalie for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, uh, D minus Michael okay. Hutchinson. Yeah. So did, did the only thing that keeping him off the F was the the three games he strung together after Keith got hired. The shutout. That's the shutout. <laughs> the shutout gets him a D minus. You <laughs> nailed it. Also kept him in the you NHL. I'm thinking. It did keep him in the show. <laughs> yeah, three three wins since the Keith hiring has uh, has been enough to gain him up out of the Mike Babcock F zone, but uh, it hasn't been good for him. No, not at all. If you uh, did, I, sorry, uh, let's go. If you did give him an F, then you would have had to give Babcock an F minus, <laughs> which doesn't even exist. That has, that has to be an upgrade at the deadline. That has to be. <laughs> yeah, you think so, eh? Like, uh, I, I get, yeah. wor- I get worried about an overpayment there, though. I, I would too, but I, just something, something tells me like if Freddie goes down, like, yeah, but if Freddie goes down, Hutchins- whoever we get, it doesn't matter. Let's be honest. Yeah, who, whoever we get, I hope is somebody worthwhile. Actually, one that's not like making. I want. You... I want to see the team eat a bunch of money on a top tier goalie. Well, not a top tier goalie, but not an elite goalie. I like should an, say, like an aging, but... like an aging goalie that can still deliver uh, in limited yeah. in limited time and starts. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. a, like I'd a, like, like Johnny to see Quick or something. That's you the... just took the words right out of my mouth. I was oh, going to wow. say Jonathan Quick okay. at LA. Get him a salary retained. Um, yeah. LA is struggling. They're they're going for the rebuild. I think here soon they have to build around Kopitar and Toffoli, kind of players like that. I feel. Um, but Johnny Quick, he's he's had his issues. I don't know that he'd hold up, but I feel more comfortable with a Johnny Quick in net than I do with a Michael Hutchinson. That'd be great, and I didn't really consider his name uh, as, as somebody that you know might realistically be on the move. And I guess for the Leafs, and, and one of the reasons why I'm not really holding out a lot of hope for the backup goalie improvement is just given the salary cap situation. I mean, it's going to be difficult enough, I think, for them to bring in a, a right-hand shot defenseman given their cap circumstances. Yeah, I mean, I would almost try and see if we could do Cody CC and something minor in the prospect or pick area with them retaining the salary to equal out CC's contract with quick. Yeah, I think but, that's fair. That, that would be, that's the first thing that I thought in my mind too, was the CC deal and uh retained salary would, would almost kind of, you know, offset each other, but that's such a, yeah. huge, that's such a huge win for the Leafs. So you'd have to imagine that they're going to want some a lot of sweetener sort there. of, yeah, there's going to, they're going to want some sort of sweetener or, you know, futures, because as you mentioned, they're heading towards the tank and it's very similar to Minnesota, right? Minnesota. Uh, yeah. They thought a, a week ago before the break, uh, you know, around the end of November coming into the holidays that they were in it still, 
But I mean, like they're last in the division. Everyone says Nashville's done. Well, Nashville's a point ahead of them. So, like, if you're gonna go after Dumba, it's got to be futures because finally Minnesota is making the decision, or we assume that they're going to. Billy Guerin make the decision to finally effect a rebuild and stop this mushy middle bullshit first round exits when they do make it like it's time to do the rebuild and you can only really do that effectively if you are able to move on from some of your you know assets that you have and turn those assets into futures right so everyone thinking that we can get the deal done for you know cappy and cc and a third round pick like no i still think the asking price is going to be cappy lilligren in a third or cappy cc a first and a second you know like it's going to be pretty hefty because no first to give though oh yeah you're right i I know what you mean let's go but you see what i mean though right like they're looking for futures to build their team in the future right like they don't need a guy like cc or even really need a guy like kapanen right now like kapanen is a you know nhl ready likely top six forward on most teams but you know, how badly does Minnesota want him for the remainder of his contract? They're not going to be any good during his contract unless they want to flip him. So now you're getting into real hypotheticals and it's uh man, it must be a real strange thing or a real, a real interesting job to be a, a GM in the national hockey league, given how much we regular Joe Schmoes talk about it on a daily basis. Yeah. I mean, uh, you brought up the, uh, the Kappen and Logren third being an asking price. And I think that's that's pretty realistic. No oh. doubt teams are going to be gunning for that. They know Sandine's not going to be available. Right. Yeah. No, um, I'm so they're going to go that, for the next uh, best thing. Sorry, go ahead. Um, if the if the asking price is Kappen and Logren and a third for Dumba, I would almost see if they would take Hutchinson and throw us back Stalik. Just <laughs> oh. as a just a refresh. An upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like if, if sweeten the We'll add Lilligren, but we need to upgrade our backup goalie situation. Yes, yeah, so you're getting Dumba and you're getting Staylock, and we're not losing any roster players outside of Kapanen, who, in my opinion, should be the guy to get traded. I still, I'm still on that on that train, even though he, you know, he had a ra- he had a bad couple weeks there, really bad yeah. couple weeks, and then everyone was like, "Oh, fucking trade copy," and then he started scoring, and I was like, "No, trade him now." You know, everyone was like, oh, don't trade him. He's playing well. I was like, no, trade him fucking now because now he has value instead of two weeks ago when he was garbage for us. Like, let's not wait until he's garbage again. Get rid of him while we can. Yeah, and then you just unload CC's cap and you're set. Yeah, and I wonder if the idea of a cap in Lilligren might be just too much for Dubas to part with and could be holding up any potential deals when you don't have that first rounder to give and you have to give up a, another piece in order to make something happen because given how thin we are on the right side it, it seems like Lilligren could be a no-go zone right now yeah it's it's possible I mean the Leafs might just be trying to do Kapanen and CC and a high pick like a second or third and see what they get now how did you grade uh Travis Dermott I'm interested in that as well uh you know I think I speak for a lot of fans that might be a little bit disappointed, kind of hoping the guy would take the next step. And here he is in a, in a great opportunity, kind of solid top four minutes uh, with, you know, Sandy right at his heels. But, um, you know, we also have to remember he came off that shoulder injury, uh, which is a pretty serious injury, especially at a young age and, and seems to have hampered his development a little bit. Yeah, I have him as a C plus. I put him in that range. I, like you said, I wanted to see him step up. He's got a big opportunity now. Um, possibly 
if we could trade him, I wouldn't be all that upset. It's an unpopular opinion. A lot of people like Dermot in the city of Toronto that I've seen and talked to. It's just uh, we're log jammed up on that left side with extending Muzzin potentially here and having Sandine and Riley. He's somebody that uh, rather than moving him over to his offside, why not dangle his name around? I never really realized that uh, until I, I started to go through the scenario of re-signing Muzzin in my head. I was like, that that automatically makes Dermot expendable. I mean, it's a shame to give a guy up like that who, who you know, we, we still think has a little bit more to give. Yeah, I'd be I'd be sad to see him go. He does play with a nice physical edge for his his size, and uh, he's a good workhorse. He he works hard every single shift. I can't argue his work, but um, he just hasn't taken it to that next level. You talked about extending Muzzin, so I kind of want to cover this while we have you. I've had the this discussion several times with Leaf fans and non Leaf fans uh, alike, and it's the Muzzin versus Barry conversation. Uh, I think most people will automatically lean towards Muzzin, and I think it's fair because he does offer something that the team clearly does lack, uh, you know, in physical presence versus a guy like Tyson Berry that basically kind of just offers more of what we've already seen, right? Well, he's a the- bit of he's been a bit of a failed experiment in a sense, I want to say too. Like I know Cody uh graded him pretty generously at a B minus, I think, but he just le- he's left a lot to be de- desired and it's easy call for me, Muzzin, you know. Muzzin, yeah. What about you, Cody? I I've been on the keep Tyson Berry side. See, I, I, yeah, and I, I flip, I, I flip back and I, forth. I flip man. back and forth because I don't know what the asking price is from either player. You know what? And that's what I said to. What I, it was either. Would it, get done yeah, it was. I can't remember if it was our group, the group that I'm in with you, or someone else. But I said it might honestly come down to which guy wants to stay and play in Toronto more. I, I, I e take a pay cut. Or take a longer term, no. or, or something like it's it's going to come down to contract, and and if it ends up being Tyson Berry that we retain instead of Muzzin, and it's it's a better dollar figure, and we find out you know post negotiations that that's why we kept Barry because Muzzin's asking price was too high, then then like you, I'll, I'll be I'll be totally okay with that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think a guy like Tyson Berry, you know, even though he's had a less than stellar season, I still think he will command a higher price tag in UFA. I think, I think he'll come in at a bigger, bigger price tag too. And if that's the case, I would, I would keep Muzzin over, over Barry. Um, We just don't have the cap to throw around like that. Um, But hypothetically, if they were both on the same contract or near the same contract, I would, I would rather Barry. Yeah, and see, and I can't. Right I don't blame him. I don't blame you. I, yeah, I can when see you put it that way. It, it it might make him look a little bit more appealing, and maybe that's part of the reason why I've kind of already written Barry off because I feel like he's his asking price is going to be too high simply because it's his turn to cash in. Yeah, and I I, I know I uh, I brought this up to uh, Coley in the chat that we're in there um, about possibly trading Tyson Barry at the deadline if yeah, we're going to get if we're going to get Matt Dumba. Let's flip Tyson Berry if we're not going to keep him for let's gain a first rounder back. Let's let's sell off a little bit in Tyson Berry, but at the same time, we gotta go for it. We gotta go for the cup. So I guess that's the um, only way you do it. Right hander has to come back. Yeah, that's what yeah. If Dumba's coming in, then you gotta uh 
make a decision with guys. Well, obviously, CeCe's probably not going to be here. Um, but a guy like Justin Hall, you need to keep him on the third pair. But what you said at the very end was that you got to go on a run. And while I appreciate the notion, and it is, it, it seems like a smart play, you know? But at the same time, we need Barry. We're going to need him. And and you said it earlier. You said it perfectly earlier. The second half is going to be strong. I totally agree. I think it I think it could be monster strong. And 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 then going into playoffs with this, you know, with this guy that's really firing for us right now. Like he could be like a secret weapon almost because we have yet to unleash him uh, to his full form and I think that that is going to come around. As a matter of fact, if you ask me right now today, I think it already has. Like I think uh, with every game as the puck drops, I think we're going to start seeing more and more from Tyson Berry in terms of leading rushes, jumping into rushes, pinching at the right times. Like I think, I think his game is really going to come into form here uh, down the stretch these next thirty games, and hopefully into a playoff. And and for me personally, as much as I do enjoy the idea of making a smart hockey move where we're losing a guy that we're going to lose anyway, and we're you know trading him for a guy that has more term, yeah, all that sounds smart and everything. But we we would miss Barry, I believe. We would miss him way too heavily uh, for a playoff run for seeding purposes. If it comes down to that, and furthermore, you know, right into the first round and hopefully onward in the playoffs. Yeah, it, at this point, we got to keep them, in my opinion. It's just, it's one of those things, though. Like, uh, I just feel like some players are more expendable than others. But it, it's a weird feeling not having to be any sort of seller. Just buy, buy, buy. It's got to be a tough situation for Kyle Dubas, too, because it almost feels as if he, say, he does consider trading a guy like Barry. Is that just admitting that the cadre trade failed? No, I don't think so. I'd say not in in its entirety, but you would say the centerpiece no, to like, that trade. I still think you could get a a pretty wicked haul off of a player like Tyson Berry, and that's kind of what's more appealing, in right. my opinion, to trading him. Yeah, but I guess it, the the situation is finding a suitor that's a rental willing to pay for him, exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, and what you're going to give him to another yeah. team, and then have to play him in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's got to like, be like a western a western recipient as yeah, well. So back to Colorado. That's a, that's a tough one to dangle. <laughs> uh, Cody, a couple more guys I wanted to ask you about. Firstly, Jason Spezza. Yeah, Jason Spezza. I've graded him a C plus. Um, He's had up and down season. I mean, Babcock didn't help that by any means by doing what he did to start the season out. Babs would have um, him in the A right now if he could. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, some games he's flying out there and he looks like uh, the old Jason Spezza and other times it's uh, questionable the best. Yeah, do you think he's hampered a little bit by his line mates at times or do you just think that uh, you know no. he's, he's just old? No. Yeah, he's just, uh, I mean, he has his moments where he's really good. He has his moments he's really bad, but generally he's just uh, pretty average, you know. He's, uh, his time's not the same as it was. It's nice to see those little flashes of offense from him, and I think that's part of the reason why they brought him in, and uh, and uh, it's just kind of nice to see him him still chipping in here and there and making a few nice plays. Uh, next, though, how about Pierre Engvall? Hold on, sorry. I, I personally... I personally love the Zaw. I think there's a little bias there from the amount of times that I did go and watch Sens games, whether they were Leafs and Sens or otherwise, because we're so close. I would go and watch watch NHL hockey, right? And like the Zaw was just always so good. And I, I hated him because he was a Leaf killer. 
But now that he's on the Leafs, not only do I love the guy because he's the Leaf, I love all the Leafs, but like he's a pretty smart player out there, man. And I do agree. I think you're right, and I I appreciate the point. It's fair that you know he's he's had a bit of a roller coaster up and down. But I like Lesko said, it's nice to see him chipping in. He still has a ripper of a shot, and we saw that uh, on on hand. Was it against the was it Nashville when he scored that nice goal over the glove hand? I think against Rene. Yep. Uh, you know, like he he still yep. shows some flashes, and he's a very smart player, and I think he's a very good um, option to you know help the younger players transition transition into veterans in the NHL, and this short period of time for him to be on our team, I think is going to be valuable both on and off the ice in terms of, you know, like the old Babcock sentiment, like being a good pro coming to the rank and, and, and being all in and being invested in the team and being dedicated to your craft. And I think a guy like Spezza really, really helps that. So for me, if I were to grade him, I might've flipped him into the B minus category just for that reason alone, you know, just for the dedication that he does have showing up early to training camp you know, persevering through this bullshit with being benched on opening night and all the media coverage that followed. I mean, he's persevered through it. He's remained a pretty good player for the team and, and an effective player at times as well. So I, I, I just wanted to say for myself that uh, some of my Sens buddies would be would be uh, laughing to hear me say this, but I, I like the Zaw. I do. I like him. I, I, I actually agree with you there. Yeah, that's 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 fair. Um I mean, it's so hard to grade them between a B minus to a C plus. I right. Mean, <laughs> um, especially like, I love the precedent that he put down when he signed a league minimum contract just to come here to be our fourth line center. Yeah, for like, sure. Yeah, and given the points he's putting up, it's it's pretty good value, yeah, I'd say yeah. overall. Yeah, I you can't argue with that value at all when it comes to a fourth line center, and to have Jason Spezza as your fourth line center at league minimum. Take it. Take it. Yeah, exactly. All right. So let's go on to know about Pierre Engvall and his neck. Are you grading his neck separately? Like the neck has got to be an A plus. Neck's got to be an A plus. <laughs> like that. He's got an unbelievable neck, doesn't I know, he? I know. It's true. <laughs> like, it's true. Like it's, that's all you can look at when you see after he scored a goal. Um, yeah. But no, I, I graded him a B plus. He's been, uh, he's been on fire. It's it's cool to see somebody with that size have those wheels, and he's got some pretty soft hands too. It's uh, it's cool to see all that put together. I wasn't expecting it from a player like Pierre Engvall to come up from the Marlies like that. I think he's shown, you know, given uh, uh, his offensive abilities, that maybe the ceiling's a little higher than than we went have pegged the seventh round pick uh, from Sweden. I mean, he he he's clearly shown he's got a, a lot to give and you know, has quickly risen up the, the depth chart. And, uh, you know, I talked about it on the show recently, but there's no way this guy gets sent down, I feel like, at this point. No, not at this point. You got to keep him. Um, but speaking of seventh-round uh, Sweden, um, Andreas Janssen, uh, he's, he's been good. I've liked his game, actually, this season. Um, so I, I rated Andreas Janssen a B-plus, too. Now it's a little bit tough now because we're not seeing exactly the same goal output that maybe we did a year ago when he had over 20. But the one thing that I noticed, and, and, and you might have noticed this as well, Cody, but uh, he seems to have assumed a bit more of a, a checking role on that, uh, especially when he's playing in the, those top six minutes. Yeah when, he, yeah, when he's had the chance to, he's finishing his checks. Um, yeah, he's, he's not as offensively gifted as he was last season. I don't know what's, what's kind of happened there. Um, but his line mates have been bouncing all around as well. Um, 
but I've just liked his passion that he puts into every shift. It seems he's, he's really digging and, uh, He's kind of almost got a little bit of hymen in him now. Yeah. You know what, Cody? I'm glad you went there because that's exactly where I was going to go. Um, Lesko talked about offensive output. Yeah, not necessarily seeing the level of offense that we maybe got accustomed to. But like you said, good point with the line matching and the line juggling. Not matching, but line juggling and you know not always having some consistency there. But for me, uh, consistency is the word. And it's what we're seeing in terms of his his compete. Uh, his compete level is off the charts every single night. And I wanted to touch on Engvall as well, who we just talked about. Engvall's compete is really, really strong as well. So we're we're starting to, you know, build a core of our second and third tier players that, yeah, they're not as skilled. They don't have the vision or speed or hands or anything like that. But what they do have is the determination and the effort. And as we've seen in the past, Oftentimes, effort will trump skill, especially when it comes to the the crunch time, right? The playoffs, every shift is your last potentially, you know, so you really have to bring it every night. And especially when you talk about a team like Toronto, at this point in time, let's be honest, a lot of our anti-Leaf listeners here are going to laugh at us right now or laugh at me right now. But we're entering the category of a team where people want to come to. And we haven't been there uh, for a very long time. Patrick Marlowe kind of set the precedent when, you know, he wanted to come here. Now, I understand that we were getting him at the end of his career. He wasn't in his prime. But the idea was that, you know, Toronto was a viable option, like somewhere that people are going to want to go for an opportunity to win. And I think by virtue of that, we're going to see a lot of our players really bust their fucking asses out there because if they don't, they're going to be on the first bus out of town. Yep. Yeah, we we have that mentality now that uh, if we want you, you we're going to get you too. Um, John Tavares, he said he was heavily persuaded in meetings and stuff like that with Kyle Dubas and Mike Babcock. Um, we don't have Mike Babcock anymore, but that doesn't that's not going to matter. Um, but yeah, no. When it comes to older older players coming out of their careers, I think it's going to bleed down even to the younger players. Um, why can't I go to a team that I really want to go to? Yeah, it's absolutely nice to see that the Leafs finally become a bit of a destination instead of that team that everyone talks about, no one wanting to go to. Um, the next guy I wanted to ask you about uh, has a career high in goals this year, Mr. Freddie the Goat. Yeah, Freddie the Goat. I have him just uh, just a B. Um, it, could, it could be argued that he could be higher than that given the role that he's in. Um, but uh, he's he's been an improvement over last season for sure. I didn't think he was going to make this team when uh, we signed Jason Spezza, um, but he's battled hard. He's uh, he's in the lineup over a guy like Timotro Timoshov, and uh, he's keeping it. They're not they're not taking him out for a reason. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's uh, exactly what you said. Is I echo that sentiment as well. Like I thought Spezza coming in meant the end of the goat and. Uh, you know he's he's done everything the teams asked of of him and then some, uh, and and one huge improvement I've noticed this year is in his faceoff numbers as well, uh, shown and shown that he can be versatile for the team. So there's a guy that uh, you know we like to joke about, but uh, you know plays a plays a good good role down there and and just seems to go out there and, and give it every night. And I I don't know if anyone noticed the other day, but he was diving all over the ice. 
offensively and defensively there. So yeah, he brings it pretty hard. He's been working real hard with uh, Barb Underhill, uh, Leafs uh, skating and development coach, and I think you can really see an improvement in that regard. Uh, for me, um, I'd still like to see him be harder with that body, man. Like you know, you got you got that frame. Uh, there's just so many times where it's clear that he should be finishing his check and he just doesn't. He just, he just skates by, you know, and oftentimes even the defenseman who is playing the puck will brace for the contact. And then Fred, like Goche just won't, he won't hit him. And I'm thinking yeah. of my, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm like, fucking hit that guy, man. Like Jesus, give him something, you know, then you got Johnson, or sorry, Johnson flying in and like, he's what a foot shorter than the goat. And, and he's probably got 25, 30 pounds on the guy and he's throwing his weight around. Like, why can't the goat just rub a guy out for once in the corner, man? It would be nice to see that, especially out of a fourth line player. Like you kind of expect that uh, wear him down mentality, right? Um, you got that size, lay into him in the corner, finish your checks. So who are we missing, Cody? Did we cover everyone? Or oh fuck, we almost went right down the line. Mitch, what about Mitchy? Uh, Mitch Marner, I have as a B plus. Wow, okay. really? Um, he's putting up points. Um, he just he needs to cut that. Uh, nonsense out of uh, his no look passes sometimes thank you <laughs> fucking thank you man did you see me in the chat group the can't other day? do it every day losing right? my fucking mind man like he forces he f- like don't get me wrong when he makes a sick pass you gotta give it to the guy but then you know it's like i don't know it's hard for me to chirp the guy because he's so good but there's just so many times where we have it everything is all good and then he tries to sling one through the ice all the way across to Matthews, and it's it's an it's a complete zero percent chance play, man. Just go to the line, you know. Barry will work it over to Matthews, and then and then we're good. Like I don't understand why he has to force it. He he forces it so much, and it, I find it really frustrating from a guy that's so creative and so good with the puck. I find it really frustrating to me that he's oftentimes forcing the issue when I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, like uh, you saw that pass that he made the other night to Hyman on the breakaway. We talked about that earlier in this. Um, like something like that. Like that was a one in 10 Mitch Marner assist right there. Yes, that one was really, really nice. But do you know how many times he's dried that backhand? No look pass. Right on the and tape. It's shooting, boom, shooting up the other way. And other it's a way. two on one. Yeah, exactly. No, I I get frustrated with the sexy passes too, but I still don't see how you, how you not give a guy an A who's who's well over a point per game player right now for the Leafs and it's a not all about points. Key, key offensive driver. It's not all about points. I know, but when you score that many points, doesn't it just you know like is are we at a point right now where we can comfortably say that the guy's not overpaid? Because I'm getting I'm getting there. Especially if you look, I still at the, think it's debatable. If you look at the pace he scored at since he returned from injury. Like he he's he's well over a point for a game. I mean, he has twenty points in his last ten. Yeah, true, very true. I don't know what more we can yeah. ask of him, but I definitely share like your idea about those passes. And that was one thing that was really frustrating. I thought with the power play under Babcock, it's like why does everything have to be this sexy redirect in the slot backdoor tap ins and shit? Low percentage passes. Get some greasy it's most, ones. It's the most frustrating thing in the world. Yep. Like the other teams so shoot can, on us and tip it in and get garbage rebounds, but we have to shoot it under the crossbar off the goalie's water bottle every time. Yeah. 
Yeah, no. Um, there is a couple other ones that I didn't touch on. Um, just quick, like uh, D plus for Martin Marinson. Fair. I don't like him. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, C minus for Trevor Moore. I mean, he just he's gonna fade out here in Toronto. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I. I, I don't. I don't think he's gonna last. I think you're right. I think especially with the emergence of Vangval, it's it's almost made him expendable. Yeah. Yeah, it's he, yeah. I would rather play Timashov over Moore at this point, I oh, think. Oh wow. Um with what I've seen on the ice and I would say stats almost back it up too. Yeah, true. Trevor Moore has just not been the same player that he was. Um I know he dealt with an injury here. Um but I don't know where he's going to jump back in the lineup. And, and, and like it, you said Engvall, how do you take Engvall out? Yeah, yeah he can. and a concussion too, right? I yeah, mean, he right? Had a, he's had a rough go yeah, this year. One. Yeah, a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, it's unfortunate kind of what happened to him, and and that's kind of the nature of sports. I mean, you, you have a big opportunity, and unfortunately you get hurt, and then somebody comes in and new shiny toy yeah, takes your fun, place, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, William exactly. Mikheyev, I wanted to ask you about. I, I know we kind of forget about him just because he's been out for so long and he's going to be out for the next few months. Uh, yeah, B-plus for... For him, yeah, uh, Mikhaev, easy. Yeah. easy B plus. That was, I was locked in on B plus the entire time. Um, I don't think we could ask much more of him. I didn't know what to expect out of him, but it's it's been a nice experiment. Um, I was really really pessimistic when we signed him. Um, I was one of few that was pessimistic, but I just had that Par Lindholm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> and, like it just it was it was nerve wracking in the off season when I knew he was gonna be a player here, but I'm glad he is. He's uh I just hope he makes it back in time before the playoffs start just to get a few games in. And what about a potential extension? Because I know before he got injured, uh I'm not gonna say that there was talk about an extension, but I remember hearing a few people talk about the idea of you know, let's get ahead of this. Like, let, let's get ahead of this before this guy wants a pile of money. Before I mean, he puts up 20 goals. Yeah, and you know, it's almost similar, like not to go off course here or anything, but the recent announcement of the Zach Cassian contract, right? Like, Zach Cassian, it, it might seem strange, but I think it's a win for both sides because what if Cassian is a huge contributor in a playoff run for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, all of a sudden in the off season, he's asking, price goes up, price goes way up, you know? So y- you do, you get ahead of it and you're anticipating that this guy is going to be a key uh, factor for you moving forward. And you know, and that, that's the risk you take when you sign players. But with Mikheyev, I mean, 24 years old, over six feet, 200 pounds, skates really, really well, very smart out there. Uh, I'd be wondering uh, what you think, Cody, in terms of you know Kyle Dubas and his thought process of maybe wanting to get something done on this player. Uh, I would be hesitant until at least the deadline, um, unless you're planning on moving a guy like Pierre Engvall or Andreas Janssen from the left side. I mean, you have Hyman over there, you have Mikhaev over there, Janssen's over there. Um, it's just, Right now you even have Kerfoot over there, but I'm assuming that's only temporary until um uh what's his name is back there is he uh, just had his name is he on the left is he on the left side mikhaev i thought mikhaev he, is on the left side he is eh? okay i thought he was on the right side and i'm just i just pulled up this uh now this is this is this dates all the way back to when we signed him um uh, you know in may uh so it does list yeah. him as a right winger but then that's probably just because that's where he was uh in the khl or whatever right 
Yeah, I guess so. He okay. he has played, but he has played both wings since being in Toronto. He is pretty versatile that way, but uh, typically we have him on the left side. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I'll be interested to see where that uh, where that goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that the team is dealing with a, a few injuries right now, obviously Morgan Riley is, is so huge. Uh, I'm I'm really I'm really anxious, and and in, in a good way, not not the negative anxious, like nervous. Like I'm I'm anxious to see what we're gonna get uh, when 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 Morgan Riley comes back to the team because I just don't think we were. I, I he was play, he had to have been playing hurt for an extended period of time, man. It just, we weren't seeing what we are used to seeing from this guy on a regular basis. And I really, really hope that when we get him back, we're getting him back at 110 because I think that'll be an absolutely massive boost for us going into a playoff run. Yeah. I had him rated as a a C this season. Yeah. It's been pretty Um, bad. Yeah. um, He says he's been dealing with a lingering injury and then he got the injury that has now taken him out. So I hope that the lingering issue goes away over the course of this uh, over this time. But we need him back to what he was, and uh, I, I have a feeling when he does come back from that injury, we're going to have a, a new partner for him from the deadline. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, did did we hit everyone? That sounds like everyone, right? Kerfoot. Lastly. Yeah, Kerfoot was another one that I had on my on my list too. Um, he's in the higher B B plus area. Um, people haven't liked his game that much, but I, I don't think we can ask much more of what Kerfoot's doing. He does what he's supposed to, right? Yeah. 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 He's, uh, he's filling the role that I kind of expected that he would when he got here. Right on. And I thought he's looked a little bit better in that, uh, that slot, uh, beside Tavares and Nylander, obviously it's, it's a big opportunity for him. And I know he's not jumping off, uh, off the score sheet or anything right now, but uh, I think it's been uh, an opportunity for him to showcase some of the skill that he has offensively and, uh, and, and in the corners as well. Yeah. And uh, we have him locked up. We have Janssen, we have Kapanen, we have all these players locked up longer term. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's go for it, or let's dangle some of those nice term contracts out for a trade. <laughs> it's going to be oh. interesting next couple months. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. I'm looking forward to it. Well, right on, man. Listen, Cody, we'll wrap it up. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us, man. That was some really top notch work, man. Like, uh, I really, uh, you know, Lesko and I, I speak for Lesko. I think here when uh, I say we really appreciate the, you know, the effort that you that you put in here. Like, I mean, we can call you and we can just shoot the breeze, right? But I kind of thought that it was a nice little angle to have and give you a little bit of homework to do and, you know, tell the wife and kids, Hey, I'm busy. I'm working on my podcast homework. So, uh, you know, we're, we're really appreciative of you, of you coming on and giving us a a pretty solid in-depth look at the entire roster. I think our listeners are going to be happy with that, Cody. Oh yeah, no problem, man. Like, thanks again for, uh, for asking me to come on here. Um, it, it gives me a nice uh, little break from changing shitty diapers and, uh, (laughs) Gets me away for a little bit and uh, talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs. I can't argue with that. I appreciate it. No doubt, buddy. Anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back on sooner than later, bud. Awesome. Well, I'll keep listening weekly, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. Right on, man. Thanks again. Go Leafs go, brother. Thanks, Cody. Absolutely. Take care, guys. See ya. 
All right, well. I like that angle because it's something I did consider doing uh, right around the midway point of the season, but I was like, I, I ain't got time for that. I, yeah, I put it on <laughs> someone else's plate. Yeah, eh? it's like I'm just going to steal someone else's from some blog. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did whenever we were doing our Leafs all day. Oh, yeah. Because I ran out of time, man. I well, like, and that too is like time. if you start that kind of shit from scratch where you're like trying to do those like top 10 lists or all-time lines or whatever, and you're just trying to like – you're going through player to player and you forget about somebody like it's almost as easy to take someone else's and make some fucking tweets or tweaks to it because you have the skeleton there. You have like a good list of players in front of you. Or you put Muzzin on there twice. I put Muzzin on twice. <laughs> you had him on your actual roster twice and I had him on my roster and he was my extra. He was your extra. Yeah. Yet here I am saying, agreeing with Cody that I might, I might choose Barry over him, yeah. but, but Barry was on my list too though. So. I like Muzz too much. Yeah, I think you're right. He really does bring something that we don't have. So. Yeah. All right, brother. Maybe are we wrapping it up here or what? Yeah, let's do it. I got shit to do. Yeah, you're heading out? Heading to North Bay tomorrow. Oh, okay. I thought yeah. you were taking another fucking vacation over here. No, I wish, man. <laughs> Cold. It, like, it's been like an unreasonably mild winter. It's been pretty nice. It's been pretty good, yeah. Like, couple one-degree days and, and not too snowy or anything. But Yeah, it's been pretty good. Like, it's minus 20 today, and it just catches you off guard. It was cold. Yeah. I didn't start my car as early as I normally do in the mornings. Oh, yeah. And when I got in, it was still fucking Still frosty ice. in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. But, uh, yeah, well, that's a wrap. Episode 54, Pucks and D Podcast. Uh, looking forward to next week. Um, I have to get in touch with them to confirm, but it looks like we will be having Sportsnet contributor and host of the Leafs Fan 590 uh, Leafs Nation postgame show after every Leaf game, Nick Alberga. Will and the be host joining of us. the Unmuzzled podcast. Yeah, host of Unmuzzled podcast. Has some great podcast. guests on there. He does. Check I was it out. Actually, listening to a couple episodes yesterday and today. So uh, Nick will probably see that when he checks his statistics. Uh, look at a little couple of listens in Pembroke, Ontario. But yeah, looking uh, really looking forward to talking to Nick. I don't know exactly where we're going to go, but I know for sure we're going to talk about fantasy. So that'll be a big segment. So all you fantasy uh, players, get your notepads out. Nick, Nick will have a lot to talk about. And, you know, his rivalry with Islanders fans on Twitter. It's uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really looking forward to that for sure. Yeah, man, I'm, that's sick. That's, uh, that's going to be good to have another uh, high-profile guest and uh, just keep adding credibility to the show, right? Another Twitter checkmark. And more <laughs> to follow in terms of swag. Make sure you let us know on Twitter. If you're interested, Pucks and Deep Swag is on the way. Find us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Let's Go Adam, and at Puck Pod. And we will see you again in a week's time.